0: The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com.
1: Please note the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Friends. The Associated Press calling New York's third congressional district for Tom Swasey, the Democrat winning back the
2: seat he once held with more than 50% of the vote.
3: Looks like Tom Swasey is headed back to Washington. Now, according to Swazi's campaign, he was leading even before Election Day by around 14,000 votes when it comes to those early and absentee ballots. But the stakes were high for this race. Millions of dollars were poured into this race because whoever won was going to either grow or shrink the narrow Republican majority in the House. The two biggest issues in this race were abortion rights and, of course, immigration. Swazi positioned himself as a pro-choice candidate, but was also a big critical of the Biden administration's handling of the migrant crisis, saying he would work to close the border. Now, people were watching this race closely across the country. Many say this will be a test to see how other swing districts will do in the presidential election this
4: year. Turning now to Capitol Hill, the House has voted to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. This is only the second time in American history the House has impeached a Cabinet Secretary. Republicans claim the Biden administration's handling of the border warrants removing Mayorkas from his post. Only three Republicans opposed the move. The vote failed last time. Let's uh, let people in on why it changed this time.
5: Well,
3: it changed in a dramatic way because House Republicans were able to gain an additional vote.
6: in Majority Leader Steve Scalise, who had been recovering from blood cancer, he has successfully completed his treatment, which is now in complete remission. And so because he was able to return this week, that is the one vote that got Republicans over the finish line. Because I want to emphasize this was a very close vote, 214. To 213, with four
3: missing members. On this vote, the yeas are 214 and the nays are 213. The resolution is adopted. Pursuant to Section 2A of House Resolution 996, House Resolution 995 is hereby adopted.
5: Senate lawmakers passed a $95 billion foreign aid bill after months of
6: negotiations. The long-awaited bill still faces an uncertain future in the House, though. Senate Majority
7: Leader Chuck Schumer weighed in after the vote.
8: Today we witnessed one of the most historic and consequential bills to have ever passed the Senate. It's certainly been oh, years, shut for up, stupid decades... Since the Senate passed a bill that so greatly impacts not just our national security. Shut up. Not just the security of our allies. But the security of Western democracy. What an ass much
9: complicit in the genocide of Palestinians. I just want to know how many Palestinian children, how many killed Palestinian children will it take for you to call for a ceasefire, Eric Adams. That's all I want to know. Bring the hostages
10: home.
5: If you see someone with an ash cross on their forehead, you might wonder why. It's a sign they've marked Ash Wednesday today. Ash Wednesday is the first day of Lent. In some churches, ash, made from palm crosses, is blessed and used to mark foreheads with a cross. Recalling the words from Genesis, chapter 13, verse 19, Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It reminds us to say sorry for what we've done wrong. And to trust God to guide us on our journey through Lent. Have you been
7: great? You, uh, you are great. Thanks.
5: So do you. I'm sorry things got so screwed up.
7: I'm sorry too.
5: Wow, that's really all I wanted to say.
7: Uh, we really ripped it to shreds, didn't we?
5: Oh, it wasn't that bad.
7: Uh, as bad as it got. I really think that it was the best thing around.
5: I think that I thought that it should be the way it was with my parents and and I just wish I wouldn't have pushed. You know, maybe if we'd gone slower. No, it was it was me. I uh I think I thought it was gonna be different than it than what it was really like. Me too. Maybe we were just too naive.
7: Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe we knew too much.
5: That too. But how can you be against freedom? Freedom's good. I mean, you gotta believe in something. I just want you to know that when we were together, I was really happy. I gotta go.
7: dinner sometime
5: yeah we could <laughs> actually huh my roommate is going out of town for the weekend and if i don't have any special plans for tonight even we haven't been in the neighborhood we could do chinese or something oh i know a great new restaurant i think you'd love it a new place Yeah. let's just go to some old joint well it's not it's it's not new it's an old joint that's been re- really- the sunset you might if I watch I was hoping you would
11: here of Jim Brickman and Martina McBride, my Valentine. It is Valentine's Day, it is Ash Wednesday, and it is a very, very bad day for New York Republicans, but I have to tell you this, right off the bat, so Justin and I sit together for about an hour every morning, maybe a little longer. And um Justin gets here even before me, to his credit, and he starts cutting up the sound for the show. Okay? I actually had somebody who's a radio Hall of Famer, a legitimate radio Hall of Famer, say to me yesterday that not only is he a huge fan of the show, but it's the best produced show he's heard in years. Exact quote, which I showed to Justin and Chad Lopez yesterday. So we sit together for about an hour and pick out all the stories that we're gonna cover, whether it's Pillips loss to Swazi, whether it's the House impeaching Mayorkas, whether it's Chuck Schumer, that dickhead with that horrible Senate bill, whether it's Mayor Adams, who I had dinner with last night, firing back at some pro Palestinian nut job, whether it's Ash Wednesday or Valentine's Day, we sit down and We plan out how the show is going to start to kind of set the pace for the next four hours. So for Valentine's Day, I I go to Justin, I I go, you know, I love that movie about last night. It's my favorite movie of all time Mm -hmm. in that genre. I mean, my favorite movie of all time is Forrest Gump, followed very closely by Goodfellas. But in that genre... That loving teen angst, 80s, Brat Pack, that stuff. I love about last night. I thought Rob Law was great. I thought Demi Moore was great. I thought Jim Belushi, not John Belushi, his brother Jim, was amazing. And I loved Elizabeth Perkins as well. Love the movie. So I go, well, you got to get the last scene from about last night because, you know, they meet and they break up. And at the end of the movie, they get back together. So Justin goes and finds the audio. And we're sitting in the back, it's about five thirty in the morning, a good forty minutes before the show's even starting. And he starts to play the scene so we can record the audio to put it in the open. And what happened then, Justin?
2: Well, you started bawling like a little baby child.
11: <laughs> and he's like sniffling. I turn around,
2: he's like, you know, he's got watery eyes. I'm like I'm like, you know this is a movie. But then the, the best part is...
11: And by the way, I've we have seen this movie yeah, a thousand
2: times. Yeah, yeah, and we replay it. We play it again, like we're listening back to it. So, all in all, we listened to it probably three times. Right. The original time, listening back to it, editing it, and then in the open, and every time, he cried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would think that at a certain point, his mind would say, okay.
11: Well, let me just say this. I know what's coming. <laughs> part, part of the reason why this show was so popular... We do very, very well in the 12-plus rating, which is an entire audience. We don't limit our audience to men between 25 and 30 or 25 and 54, whatever stupid demo they use. We are a very popular show amongst the masses, and we've got nearly as many women, if not more, that listen than men. It is no surprise I'm not breaking any news when I tell you that housewives across New York love me. They adore me. God's honest truth. Because not only am I brilliant and funny, but I've got a sensitive side. So you can make fun of me all you want. yeah. But these housewives I watch these shows, yeah. and they cry too, and they go, Look at my guy, Sid. Big, pearly, he's got muscles everywhere. He's... Right. We're wearing his IDF necklaces, he's ready to kick some ass in Gaza. Right. But he cries. Yep. And they love that. You guys hate that, but... That's why the show gets ratings. Well, I don't Thank hate God it. Thank God I'm the host. I
2: don't hate it. I find it wildly entertaining. <laughs> it's, it's,
11: it's a little humiliating, I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, it should be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't cry in
11: front of other man. I cry though. every movie. A, Terms of endearment makes me cry still. Brian's song makes me cry still. Yeah. About last night makes me cry still. The notebook yeah. makes me cry. Titanic. When Jack is dying and drowns at the end, I'm a mess.
8: Songs a, make yeah. you cry. Songs Things make me make cry. Yeah. Make, songs yeah.
2: make me cry more than movies. Do
8: no. I cry alone. The darkness makes you cry. <laughs> <During> <laughs> <Yeah. the window laughs> makes you cry. When we lower the shades, yeah. it makes you cry. Yeah. When you see people walking outside, it makes you cry. You walk down the hall and you see somebody you haven't seen in um, a while, it yeah. makes you cry. Yeah. You I'm, cry. Yeah, I'm you're a very a sensitive guy. Yeah, you're just a cry, cry. It's, it are, it's, it's a lot. It's just, it's fine it's something it's okay i'm never embarrassed for it well sometimes i'm embarrassed for you, but it's just you get in this way where you can't talk to you for a second you just stand there and you just kind of you're always introspective it looks like you're going through your entire life True. every time something sad comes i mean
11: god god forbid somebody mentions my father
8: Oh my God! Done. <laughs> oh,
11: yeah, totally. That, oh, that's, your oh. that's your kryptonite. Oh, that's your yeah. kryptonite. Your mom
8: comes on, talks. Oh, to you. oh, you oh that's the Mom, and then you start. You move away from the microphone. Ah. You, you look out the window. And it all starts with the lip quiver. <laughs> she keeps going like, "Okay," and then I have to think, "What are we going to do next? Is he going to faint? Is he going <laughs> to keep crying? Is it going to get right. worse, or is he going to c- pull yeah. it together?" Well, that's me. That's okay. I cried last
11: night when I saw the results. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of <laughs> and Swazi. You know, by the way, uh, not to pat myself on the back, but you guys know that not once but twice, including yesterday. look I was all in. all right. I want that seat for the Republicans. It was a very important election. I love Peter King, Joe Cairo, all those guys. I was all in. I had Mozzie Pillip on this show four times, including yesterday. but Lou Rafino, you could attest to this at least twice over the last four days. Well, Peter King said she's going to win. Curtis Lieber said she's going to win. Vicky Palladino said she's going to win. Did I not on this show at least twice in the last four days say I'm rooting for her, but she's not going to win? Unfortunately, you did say that. Yes. You were right. You because, you said it. listen, at the end of the day, she's not a very good communicator. I hate to say this, but people don't understand her when she talks that's a major issue forget about abortion forget about immigration they didn't understand her and then her endorsement of trump was tepid at best that didn't help her and Swazi did a good job kind of distancing himself from biden on the immigration border issue so noam give me the uh, give me the results the whole deal and now what is the very slim margin
12: for the Republicans in the House. Well, the margin is now 219 to 213, so it's one less than it was 24 hours ago. Uh, Swazi, uh, they're still counting some of the vote, but essentially he won 53.9% of the votes. So 91,000 went for him. Mozzie Pillip got 78,000 votes. So it ended up not being as close as the polls had shown.
11: Mm. You know, there's a lot of folks today, Andrew Giuliani, for example, called me. I was at dinner last night at ZZC, which is a really hot, trendy New York place. It's the club for Carbone. You know, like Cipriani's has Casa Cipriani. Well, ZZ is Carbone, the Italian restaurant, their club. I and mean, we had a great, we're a great table of folks. Keith Kantrowitz, Governor David Patterson, Mayor Eric Adams, Transit Chief Michael Kemper, my buddy Mark Oranger, Eleonora Sarugo and her three friends. So we had a great dinner. But I, um, I got a bunch of calls. As soon as the results were just about official, one really angry call from Andrew Giuliani, who's going to join me at 840 this morning. And he said, look, man, bottom line is the Republicans blew it. They should have left George Santos in that seat. Yes, he did some untaughty things. We know that that's true. But at the end of the day, he voted America every time. He voted Israel every time. And we had a Republican in that seat. A Trump-loving Republican. A lot of folks are saying that this morning. Yes, no?
12: Yeah. Well, the thought is maybe he, George Santos, who's going to go up on trial, maybe he could have held on to November, and then November, maybe Republicans have a better shot of holding on to that seat. How disastrous
11: is this for the Republicans,
12: in, uh, your, in your opinion? You know, it doesn't look good, but look, the rest of Long Island is red, right? Republicans. So they thought that they would be able to hold on the seat after Santos won it by what? It was like eight points last time around. I think he won by five. Five Five points. I think Biden won by eight in 2020.
11: Santos came back and won by five. But uh, to your point, that 2022 election... It was a complete nightmare. I mean, we had people like Jesse Waters saying, We're getting 54, we're getting 55. It was a nightmare, except for Long Island. Uh, we had three winners there. We had the Esposito. We had, um, obviously, uh, Santos. We had two winners there. We also had Mark Molinaro win on that day. And who am I missing? One more. Um, it was Molinaro, Santos, the Esposito. Oh, and Mike Lawler right. up in Rockland County. So we did well here in New York on an otherwise very disappointing day. And you're right. Since then, the Suffolk County executive, Ed Romaine, he's a Republican. We've got in Nassau County, Bruce Blakeman. He's a Republican. So Long Island has certainly turned red over the last couple of years. But this one, to me, seems like a major step backwards, no?
12: It you know it is on one level, but it was it's a hard seat to win because you got that part of Queens that tends to lean very democratic, and they came out in the early voting and voted for Swazi, so they have another shot come November. Will they put Mozzie Pill up again? I don't oh, know. Oh, you can't do that. No,
11: they better not. In fact, though, Donald Trump came out on his Truth Social last night, and he said, "Let's get a quote real." GOP candidate to face Tom Swasey. But folks that don't bottle this closely, this was a special election because they kicked out George Santos. So as Noam just explained, Swasey only holds on to that seat till the real election comes your way in November. So now the Republicans have another chance. Here was the winner, Democrat Tom Swasey, his victory speech last night. Lou Rafino, cut number four.
10: This race was centered
13: on immigration, and the economy, much like the
4: issues all across our country. We won this race. We, you, won this race.
10: Because we addressed the
13: issues, and we found a way to bind our
4: divisions. You know, what we just saw with the the protests, okay? There are divisions in our country where people can't even talk to each other. All they can do is yell and scream
13: at each other.
14: And that's not the answer to the problems we face in our
9: country.
13: The answer is to try and bring people of goodwill together to try and find that common ground.
11: All right. So Tom Swazi, all of a sudden, the major uniter. On the other hand, here was Mozzie Pillop after the loss, Lewis conceding to Tom Swazi. Cut number
15: three. We are fighters. Yes, we lost, but it doesn't mean we're going to end here.
8: I did.
10: Amen.
13: I did call my opponent. I congratulated
11: him. Oh, they're friends. She called her friend. Two days ago, he was the devil. Now I called my friend. Well, we'll see. We'll see what this means in the bigger scheme of things as we move forward. I mean, the House has been busy impeaching Mayorkas. Now, of course, they're going to crap all of this ridiculous Senate bill for 95000000000 billion. We've got a big, big guest list about to come your way today starting in about 20 minutes. My friend from Fox News, Brian Kilmeade, follows me 10 a.m. every morning. Brian's going to be here. Curtis Sliwa, Gabriel Boxer, the very first civilian allowed back in Gaza from the Israeli side. He'll be live in studio Andrew Giuliani will be here. Judge Janine Pirro and maybe George Santos as well. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Happy Ash Wednesday everybody. Happy Valentine's Day everybody. More of Sid and Friends in the morning coming back at you.
9: I'd like to know because here I go again.
1: Sit in friends in the morning.
9: Friends, how many
1: 77 WABC. <laughs>
11: I just saw a video, no, of the video that Israel put out yesterday where they showed Sinwar, who was the head of Hamas, walking with his family. You can see his kids walking through some tunnel. Now, supposedly, according to U.S. officials, they had hostage talks in Cairo, Egypt yesterday, and they went very, very well, calling them productive and serious. But how about that video? You actually see his wife, his kids, and Sinwar
12: in one of these tunnels underneath Gaza. Wild, right? Of course. And then leaving behind all these people who are stuck there and can't get out. Yeah. If this guy doesn't stay and defend what's going on. He leaves because he can. Really unbelievable, no? You know, I was talking to my younger brother who grew up in Israel, was telling me that a friend of his owns an engineering company and they're in charge of taking down those tunnels under Gaza. So they're going to go in there and dismantle them. And they snuck him in to look at some of these tunnels and he could not believe how sophisticated they were. Yeah. And the amount of money that was squandered, all these billions of dollars that went into Gaza over the last two decades were all used to use, a lot of it used in this massive tunnel network instead of helping the people who were there. According
11: to CNN, one of the major issues in this potential hostage swap is the ratio of Palestinian prisoners to be traded for the hostages that Hamas has. You know, one time, and we've told this story what a million times, Noam, that the Israelis traded 1,000 Palestinian prisoners, 1,000 for one Israeli. Yeah. So you could imagine if they still have, let's say, 75 or 80. We know it's not 136. We've been told 31 are dead. I think more are dead. So let's go with 80. Could you imagine how many prisoners the Palestinians can ask to get back? And I mean, I have no idea how many prisoners uh, Israelis have.
12: Overall, Palestinian prisoners, but they can basically get them all back. And then think these people are back on the streets. Not all of them will go back to what they were doing, but a fair amount of them will. Will And now you have these people back who've been in prison for doing horrendous things to Israelis involved in terror attacks. Now they're back out on the streets free to do it again. Unbelievable.
11: Folks, it is Wednesday, not just Ash Wednesday. Not just Happy Valentine's Day Wednesday, but every Wednesday is Tunnel to Towers on this show. My dear friend Frank Siller, the CEO, does an amazing job. So we have our Tunnel to Towers weekly update. The foundation honors the profound sacrifices endured by our nation's police officers and their families through their fallen first responder home program. Lewis, take it away. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is dedicated to supporting the families of first responders and military service members nationwide families like that of fallen George County, Mississippi Sheriff's Deputy Jeremy Malone. Deputy Malone perished when he was shot during a routine traffic stop on January the 4th. The 44-year-old hero leaves behind his wife of 13 years, Hillary, and their three daughters. Deputy Malone's co-workers described him as larger than life. He devoted his career to law enforcement, serving in various agencies during his tenure. As his community mourns, we all mourn, the Toronto of Towers Foundation has stepped in to assist the Malone family. Once again, the foundation announced they would pay off the mortgage held on officer malone's home lifting a significant financial burden and ensuring his family will always have a place to call home let's all honor deputy malone and the countless others who sacrificed their lives for our safety head to t2t.org and donate just eleven dollars per month that's t the number 2t.org try right, folks Thank You never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate just $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number, 2T.org. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by fearless Boilers
1: on 77 WABC.
2: Justin Ellick here with your Bottom of the Hour Sports Update, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best boat boilers. Starting here on the hardwood, the Nets lost to the Boston Celtics at home by a score of 118 to one. No, no, no. What?
11: You're not starting on the hardwood. Jesus. <laughs> My God. What?
8: See, here's the antithesis cry, of ay, crying. Ay, ay, this is when he doesn't. He either does this or I. Just,
11: you're starting in Kansas City, Justin. <laughs> is that where the Super Bowl parade is today? Yeah, Just. Kind of a much bigger deal than a regular season Brooklyn Nets game. Kansas City will be celebrating their most recent Super Bowl championship with a huge parade in Kansas City I don't even as know. they try to yeah. become the first team ever, ever next year to win three consecutive Super Bowls. Half the
2: country thinks Kansas City is in Kansas.
11: Well, I did for most of my life. Right.
2: Yeah. Half the city doesn't even know what state this parade is in.
11: Doesn't matter. It's still a big deal. Sure. It's, it's the NFL. Yeah. They won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was going to bring it up. You just didn't wait long enough. Oh. What, after, you, after what? what, the Devils played Calgary last yeah. night? I don't,
2: I don't think it has to be the first thing I mention.
11: Do you think, even the, like you a, think a, the listeners know where Calgary is or Edmonton or. Yeah, Canada. They know that. That's it. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah well, yeah. It's not sorry to interrupt you. Canada. Who won that big Nets Celtics game last oh, night? Oh,
8: you're <laughs> a bad
11: person. <laughs> I mean, you're not the Nets.
8: Ay, ay, ay. Wow. <laughs> go, look, go look out the window and cry. <laughs> <laughs> Shut
2: up. Uh, uh, okay, so look out for that, uh, I guess. Um, Super Bowl hey, parade for a Chiefs fan in New York City. Woo. Uh, tonight the Knicks return to action on the road, getting set to visit the Orlando Magic for a 7 p.m. tip. Uh, huge upset in college basketball last night. Syracuse stuns number seven, North Carolina 86-79. Last night on the ice in Elmont, the Islanders, they fall short against visiting Seattle Kraken, falling by, uh, falling by a final score two to one thanks to a Thomas Tatar winner for Seattle in a shootout. You'll see the Islanders next Sunday. Uh, at MetLife Stadium, against the Rangers outdoors. As for the Devils last night in Nashville, Nico Heischer scored twice for the lead, uh, to lead the Devs, I should say, to afford a 42 victory over the Predators. Sports sponsored by P. Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontechless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. I'm Justin Ellick on 77WABC
1: is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC.
14: You are my love and my life. And you are my inspiration.
11: friends in the morning and of course the big story here today is Congressional District three out of Long Island where yes Tom Swazi gets a relatively easy win over Mozzie Pillot. Now Pillot was on with me four times She was on with me yesterday morning, but she was on with Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends. Brian Kilmeade is a Nassau County resident, so it did uh, mean a lot to him. So with that said, here he is, the man that does a tremendous job following me every day on this station, 10 a.m. And, of course, Fox and Friends on Fox News. And after Mark Levin, One Nation, Saturday nights at 9 p.m. on Fox News, my good buddy Brian Kilmeade. Brian, happy Valentine's Day, buddy.
4: Uh, back at you. I don't feel comfortable getting that Happy Valentine's Day from you, Sid. But I understand you You want to recognize the holiday. I wish you would have done it with somebody else.
11: Well, listen, I'm very comfortable with my sexuality, so it's okay with me. But uh, let's get to this okay, race. I
4: obviously am not.
11: <laughs> let's get to this uh, race uh, from last night. Like I said, I had on a bunch. You had her on yesterday. And, you know, throughout the whole deal... A lot of folks were complaining to me, you know, she's still a registered Democrat. You know she never really gave Donald Trump a real big endorsement and doesn't seem like she really speaks to the Republican audience in Queens and the Long Island. So despite you know, Joe Cairo and Peter King and Curtis Sliwa and Vicky Paladino out there day in and day out, really trying to help this woman out. I was asked yesterday, do I think she would win or lose? And I said, I think she loses. And she did. So for me, not a major surprise. What about you?
4: Well, I mean, uh, Swazi had the the name recognition. He was Nassau County Executive Congressman for a while. I got it. Uh, Number two, he distanced himself from Joe Biden. He ran as a moderate. He ran as Joe. He ran as Joe Manchin. And he said, you know, there's too much division. And now Mazzy Pillip had an unbelievable biography. I mean, I, that's usually a lifetime, let alone someone in their 40s. Seven kids, fights in the IDF, born in Ethiopia, gets a pass to Israel, marries a Ukrainian. They come here with nothing. He becomes a cardiologist. She becomes a legislator and uh, a, a Democrat, just like you know Reagan was a Democrat for a while. I have no problem with that. You know, Leon Panetta was a Republican for a while. It happens. You know, people switch or the party changes. Uh, I just don't think she was a great communicator, number one. And number two is... I did not. Uh, I would, did not. Uh, was not aware how much he was straddling the fence, according to Trump in his Truth Social post. He said he never even contacted her. You know, never contacted him, even tried to get advice or use their team at all. And I just know too. I know re- Democrats are, uh, look at as, uh, Trump as a motivator to get them out. It probably would have been a better idea even though that's a purple district, even though it's partially Queens and Nassau County, just to get Trump involved and yeah. just go down like Lee Zeldin did. Lee Zeldin had the template. Was Lee Zeldin said, yeah, I'm a Trump guy. Uh, you know, we're not, I'm, I'm pro-life, but the country isn't. So, um, you know, let's leave everything the way it is. It got within, uh, very close to being governor. It shocked everybody. So I would have done more Lee Zeldin appearances and tried to almost steal his speeches, Joe Biden style.
11: You know, it's funny. Steve Bannon, who joins me on this show every Monday, says Lee Selden did not do Trump enough. If he did more Trump, he would have won. But getting back to Mozzie. So, yes, I mean, there was um, there was a bit of an issue. Rudy Giuliani covered it. And I covered it yesterday in that uh, she said at one point, if Trump gets convicted of any of these crimes, he's not above the law. And it didn't sound like if he gets convicted, she would still endorse him. So I asked her straight out yesterday. If Trump gets convicted, will you still endorse him? And she repeated again. She said, listen, nobody's above the law, not even Trump, but he was a great president. And, yes, I will support Donald Trump. I guess that's about as far as she went, but not good enough for President Trump.
4: <laughs> no, not close to good enough, you know, because uh, you now you are even a, a more narrow advantage in the House. Swazi so gets in there. You know he's going to be right with the squad uh, the whole time. So he's not going to do anything different, but he gets his position back on Long Island. So it's going to be interesting. Republicans are getting a little fed up with losing. So they lost a bunch of special elections. Uh, they dominate Long Island. They won the Suffolk County. They got the Nassau County executive. But this was the seat in which everyone's looking at. What you can't discount too. Sid, is how Santos polluted the area. And people really felt burned. You know, they said, Oh, this is kind of a good, you know, good guy's interesting story. None of it was true. Obviously, he took money. I mean, this guy is just a despicable individual, has become a comic book character. But a lot of people say, Well, you know, wait a second. I wasn't, you know, too comfortable voting for a Republican, but I gave Santos a shot. He was kind of charismatic. I like his story. And then they found out you were taken advantage of. So that's two or three points right there.
11: Well, um, I'm guilty because Santos comes on this show quite a bit. In fact, I think he's coming on later this morning, and he is charismatic. You're right. He did all those things, and it seems unfair that, you know, Republicans like Anthony D'Esposito have to make a case as to why they wanted him out. But I must tell you, Brian, that at the 9 o'clock last night, I got a bunch of texts from some very important people that remain nameless who said they should have left Santos alone. Now we lost a Republican
4: in the House. Well, uh, you know, Ken McCarthy wasn't going to do it. So, uh, you know, he it was the ethics violations. You know, they said, we'll take a look at it. So they push him right through, and Senator Menendez sits in there. And Senator Menendez, this guy is so corrupt, he might have sold out our foreign policy. Santos just lied to get the job and might have misused campaign funds. But there for two years, lose the primary, that would have been it. But instead, Republicans go, well, i tell you what. If I remember correctly, too, the Republicans in Nassau County turned on Santos and called on him for to resign. And you might give Bruce Blakeman everyone credit for having ethics and values. I got it. But maybe it's not as politically savvy. And maybe you want to go back and examine other people that flat out lied uh, about their bio to get to get their job. But no one quite did it as flamboyant as George Santos so uh he does take the cake there. You know, it's amazing too that Democrats haven't stood up on Menendez and they still let him in. Do you know he's still got his classification? Yeah. Do you know he's still going to all this all these briefings? Yeah. So and and guys like Fetterman have called him out and said, This guy's gotta be out of here.
11: I do want to uh, do one on the House or the House Republicans. They did um, impeach Mayorkas last night. Now, that's never going to go through the Senate. We know that. So he's not going to be removed from office. But what do you think about the decision to impeach
4: Mayorkas? Number one, it just gets people talking about how bad a job he's done. So I like that. Uh, I, I love the fact that everybody feels what we feel in New York, what they're feeling in El Paso, Texas, uh, what feeling in Chicago. I mean, I got stories about three major cities right now. Do you know in, in Boston – I know you know this, Sid, but our audience might not – do you know that in Boston they're now urging people to take in illegal immigrants into their homes? Isn't that great? Hi, uh, you with the neck tattoo. Would you like to stay in my side room? That would be fantastic. Oh, you're in a gang? Good, so I'm glad you know some people here already, during the day. Would you ever, in a million years, take an illegal immigrant? <laughs> no. I'm surprised
11: Eric Adams hasn't tried that yet in New York. I saw the mayor at dinner right? last night, and uh, he so did that's a good job. I
4: like, like that. May- and yeah. Mayorkas is a cause of that. But like it's not his idea. You know, Tom Homan says over and over again, he says, this guy knows exactly how to seal the border. But the fact that he keeps lying and says it's fine and everything, these are the laws that Congress left me. And we all know that's a lie because it's the executive orders that got reversed that broke that border. And now the inside story on Axios that they're all at each other's throats because of the broken border, which shows this is not even a plan, but it shows just ineptness. So and and Joe Biden who has been onto the border once in 40 years is in charge. Uh, my fear is that if they actually win four more years, they'll that will reinforce this terrible behavior and we're doomed. But I like that they're underlying it. I don't love that they don't get anything done, Sid. They don't get anything done.
11: No, I agree. Finally, the Senate trying to pass a bill, which um, about uh, $95 billion, and I saw this bill. I couldn't believe it. Israel only gets fourteen billion. They tried a standalone eighteen billion dollar Israel deal, it didn't go through. Israel only gets fourteen billion. Ukraine gets sixty billion dollars. Sixty billion. I mean Joe Biden doesn't have money to do a whole bunch of things in the United States, including secure our own border, but he wants to give Ukraine another sixty billion. It is nonsense already. We've had enough in America. No more money to Ukraine
4: until you fix the border here and get money to Israel. How about that? In theory. uh, But I do think this. Because Joe Biden has slow-walked weapons, because he can't tell us why we're in, why we're helping Ukraine. And he's told it once in two years, and the rest of the time he just yells at people. Since we have a terrible Secretary of State who looks weak, he just defi- just uh, radiates weakness, as does Jake Sullivan. We look at this and go, what's going on here? Uh, and then we hear things that it's not a perfect democracy. I get it. But just understand, we're buying the weapons from ourselves – and replacing them, uh, we're replacing with more modern weapons. So we're purchasing from ourselves and then giving it to the Ukraine. And I wouldn't be surprised if what I would have put in place is a payback plan. Because Ukraine's got to stand up and that's going to be a thriving economy. And I think get, they can pay us back, like the, the Israelis do, and like uh, Taiwan does, they write checks Uh, The rest of NATO, they write checks. They're going to modernize their equipment. They're going to write checks. That's going to be great for our industry. We make the best weapons, the most sophisticated. I go against the grain here. I absolutely think it's in America's interest, interest, not even Ukraine, more than even Ukraine, to for them to take on Russia, who has lost 300,000 people. Do you know they're renting Nepalese army people who they put on the front lines with basically a pop gun, and they just all get murdered? So I just feel as though if we had a different person in charge, whatever you want to say about Dick Cheney and George Bush, Dick Cheney would go and meet the press and say, this is why I'm in Iraq. This is why I'm here. And you might go, I hate that guy. Or you might go, I love that guy. I knew why we were there. And we could debate it. But now we have a president of the United States that can't speak. And therefore we say, why am I doing this? And even guys like Mike Waltz go, what are we doing? I hate this guy's execution. But to, to back the Ukrainians... Who fight like warriors, and, and we, you know, Donald Trump armed them. Donald Trump trained them. The only reason they stood up is because of Donald Trump. Yep. Because Obama gave them blankets and MREs. So get him the money, get it off the table for the next president. Let them kill Russians. Let Russia get gummed up there and pay the price. The sixty billion, I would walk every bullet to the front line with people that both sides trusted. But I do not want to see Russian vic- Russia victorious. I think Vladimir Putin, there's no good side to him.
11: All right. It's only Wednesday. One Nation comes your way once again, 9 p.m., Fox News, Saturday nights. It's a great show. But with four days to go, how much planning goes into One Nation as early as today?
4: Great question. I am <laughs> looking at I'm going to have Rosanna Scotto in for sure. She sat down with Mayor Adams. She's going to be talking about that, the Sanctuary City policies, doing a special on Fox Nation. She's going to be on for sure. Believe it or not, people listening right now on Valentine's Day, but it's a good theme for this weekend. Do you want to know the success formula in life and successfully raising kids? Do you have a pen? I have a pen. Come on, come on, come on. Marriage. (laughs) Uh, They did a whole study. If you want to raise successful, happy kids, it is the uh, two-parent family. If you want to put them in an Ivy League school, that's where they most most people don't. But let's say an elite college, uh, it is coming from a two parent family. It's the stats are overwhelming. So go out and find that lucky person, and then raise successful kids. I love it. I have that expert. I've got
11: that lucky person for going on 32 years. A beautiful Danielle, you're married as well with beautiful children. So once again, as uncomfortable as it is for you, Brian Kilmeade, happy Valentine's (laughs) Day. I love you. Oh, my God.
4: Right. Yeah, I can't believe you said that. All right, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I love you back, Sid. A, a lot of love day. going on at 77 WABC. Have a great see day. You. I'll see you. Stay within yourself.
9: God, so
14: easy when you're beside me.
1: Info at Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com/slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you got the most.
4: Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.
1: Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
15: It's not on news. You to be loved by anyone. It's you up to have fun with anyone, but when I see you hanging about with anyone, it's not unusual to see me cry, I wanna it's not want to, want on to, want to die. Tom Jones got
11: 659 on your Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day. Wrapping I up our number one great hour, Brian Kilmeade, so West Truby. Big hour number two, Curtis Lee was going to be here. And a gentleman by the name of Gabriel Boxer, who again is the first civilian in Israel allowed back into Gaza, it's going to be a fascinating conversation coming up at about seven forty-five. So keep it right here, folks. Noam's got the news. Then hour number two of Sitting Friends in the Morning about to come your way. I'm at seven oh seven on your Wednesday morning. A lot going on today. Tunnel to Towers Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day Wednesday, and of course the big local political story: Mozzie Pillip goes down last night. Wasn't even all that close. Tom Swazi pretty much getting the easy win. And this was, um, you know, after a really concerted, enthusiastic effort by the guys on Nassau County out there, Joe Cairo. Peter King, you had Curtis Sliwa sitting with me right now out there in Queens trying to get the win. Vicky Palladino out there in Queens trying to get the win. I personally put Mozzie up on this show four times in an effort to get the win. But if you listen in the first hour, you heard me talk about what I thought were the issues. And that's why I picked against her twice in the last four days. And then you just heard Brian Kilmead from Fox and Friends, and of course right here at 10 o'clock, say the same thing. But Curtis, Curtis goes out there, and not all of his candidates win, to be honest. Council, he lost a couple of of, of races. But usually if he's out there and he's really enthusiastic, his folks do okay. Not the case here. Curtis, of course, big ratings on the rip and Weed, noon every weekday afternoon, big ratings overnights on the weekends, and does not a good job. But a tremendous job with me every weekday morning. I'm lucky to have him. It's a very simple uh, question, Curtis. What went wrong?
0: Well, you know me. Now i got to do a pivot and shift. Yeah, because all of a sudden you were
11: loving King, loving Cairo, loving all those guys who you talked bad about for years. So now that she lost, I had a feeling you were going to pivot and shift.
0: No, no, no. It's just on Peter King who was my brother in solidarity in this uh, battle. No doubt about it, we were side by side. But you said something that was very pertinent to how this race was decided. Swazi moved to the middle. He said, I'm a moderate. He wanted to temporarily close the border. He threw he threw Biden under the bus. I don't want his endorsement, even if he gives it to me. And most importantly, you said the magic words. Tom Swasey, Major United. Did you not say that? I did say that, yeah. Do you know that half the literature that I got in running around was Peter King's picture on with Tom Swasey, where Tom Swasey was saying, see, I reached across the aisle and I worked with Peter King, who, as you know, if he had run, let's just say he had run, he would have won because of his legacy of of all the work." So even though it wasn't Peter King himself who agreed to be on the lit drops, it had a major impact, I think, on some because he does have such pull. Yeah. As you know. So <laughs> you may be right, Curtis. You know, because he did a pivot and shift. And look, he said, Tom Swasey, major uniter. I worked with Peter <laughs> King for years. Which, oh, my gosh. He did. <laughs> yeah. So now I
11: got to do a pivot and shift. That's fine. Well, outside of Peter King.
10: Can I, can I
0: just
11: keep it up, Peter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me the um, the practical reasons why you think she lost.
0: Well, in Queens, where I spend time a lot of time, uh, in fact, knocked myself out as you know the last week. The George Santos issue uh, haunted uh, Mozzie and the Republicans because remember uh, they just say, they said, "I know Swazi, I don't know Mozzie." I just don't want to go down that road. And if you remember, in the waning days of the campaign, that's exactly what Team Swazi did. You know Swazi. You don't know Mozzie. You don't want another Santos. And remember, they had $10 million right out of the box, so they were able to implant that. Not so much in Nassau. I don't think it had an impact in Nassau, but it did in Queens. I can just tell you, I was working the Asian community I was uh, talking to people everywhere. You saw even Ben's uh, Kosher Deli where some of the Altakachers there said, you know, she's too Jewish. I said, well, what do you mean she's too Jewish? The accent, uh, the uh, all of a sudden, you know, she's got the Star of David on the red dress. Uh, That really bothered me. I brought that up, remember, when I came to honor you at the Fifth Avenue Synagogue on Saturday night. What do you mean you're too Jewish? But I think it was a combination of factors. But ultimately, when all was said and done, I blame the fact that the whole campaign, Tom Swasey, Major United, as he had Peter King on his <laughs> literature. Peter King is an extraordinarily popular person out there, even with moderate Democrats yes, to, he this, day. Yes, to, he to this
10: day. Yes,
0: he is. I know everybody wants to blame, but hey.
11: In politics, you get, you win, you lose. That's all. I mean, Peter King comes on every Wednesday, and he was due to come on today, and I moved him to Friday. Peter wants to come on. Peter is not afraid you to face the music. On. You no. should put him on, because I blamed him. I know, we'll, we'll do that on Friday, but today, I want people to be able to vent. And I want people to call up and say, like Giuliani and others, this was a bad choice from the beginning. Now King can come back on on Friday and make his argument for him and Cairo and the whole, you know what you are? The whole crowd out there. You're
0: anti-Catholic. I am? On Ash Wednesday. That's right. Well, you're looking forward to going to St. Patrick's (laughs) Cathedral and hopefully Hashem hits you with a (laughs) lightning bolt when you put your finger in to the holy water, you know, to bless yourself for your ashes. Well. You realize who is the most Catholic of all Catholics, Peter King, right? He's probably got the ashes right on his forehead now. Well, you didn't realize. To
11: deny him the (laughs) microphone on Ash Wednesday, you're (laughs) anti-Catholic. You know that in the open that we play every morning? Yes. Did you hear that I actually had something in the open? That speaks to what Ash Wednesday is? Yes, I How heard that. How many Jews
0: would do that? None, none. Absolutely none, because they'd be afraid that Hashem
11: would ban yes. them from the tribe. Which I don't believe that's the case. So t- tell me this. We'll get back to Mazi yes, yes, and Swazi yes. in a second. Yes. You don't go to church on Ash Wednesday because you hate the
0: Catholics. No, I do. Oh, you do go? I'm an AMP Catholic. Ash is on Wednesday, palms on Sunday. <laughs> okay. Then you don't see me for a month of Sundays. But when I can't go, I always look for an ashtray, (laughs) put my thumb in, I put it on the top of my forehead, or the Esquire uh, shoe polish, but that was a little too black. That was a little too obvious. But then you go out and you flex, You walk around because you say, well, what's this? R.C., real Christians. (laughs) Out of my way, Protestants. I got
11: ashes. Do you actually sacrifice something during the period of Lent? Yeah, you know what I sacrifice. I have no idea. (sighs) You know, you know what I sacrifice. <laughs> I think I do. Yes. So, and that starts today, right? right. That starts with Ash Wednesday, and it Fat goes Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday was in New Orleans Tuesday. That's right. Well, that's the beginning. That's the celebrate. That's the decadence. That's the debauchery. Right. So you take this now right through Good Friday. Right?
0: Well, you know, I, I, I give up sex. I really do. Yeah. You know, it's very important to abstain if you sure. make up for all of my sins, which are many. You know, if I had to go to a confession, I would need, like, 28 priests to hear my confession before I would receive
11: communion. Yeah. So, you uh, you know, you just... Well, well, how does... um this is Valentine's Day yes, today, yes, yes. and now you're you're telling the audience you're giving up sex, yes. on, and it's Valentine's Day. Yes. So are you allowing Nancy to go someplace else? No, no, Nancy no, 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 will no. be with me today on the Rip and Read. Yeah, uh, well, I'm you can't have sex on the Rip and Read. No, 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 no,
0: I'm going to give her the red roses, but now she's going to tell me that it adds to global warming and climate change. What? Oh, there's a whole movement out there. Don't get red roses because you know they grow it in Peru, they grow it in Kenya. You got to transport it. You know. <laughs> It adds to uh, the carbon footprint of the world. So I'm ready to give her red And She goes, Curtis, come on. You're adding to global warming and climate change. So I got enough problems. You're trying to create more problems in my relationship. You have to abstain. You have to give something up. I'm not going to give up
11: radio. No. My passion. I don't want you to. Okay. So yeah. what else is there? Here's what you can give up. Because I went for dinner last night. Yes. To Zizi, a very nice place. Oh, my God. Carbone's uh, place. Oh, and gee. Um, and it was a great dinner. We had Keith Kantrowitz. You love Keith. We had Michael Kemper. I know you love Mike. We had uh, Big Mark Oranger. We had your uh, uh, father-in-law. What do you call him? No, your, no, husband-in-law. Right. David Governor Patterson. Yeah, Governor David Patterson. Uh, Eleanor Srugo and her friends. Uh, come Jordan. on. Come on. I get to the
0: punchline. I know what you're going to say. The swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, Eric
11: Adams. So I walk over to the mayor. Yes. We were actually sitting at the table next to Kurt Menefee. You know who that is? He hosts the NFL on Fox.
0: I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to Travis Kelsey, Parcel Sims. I'm waiting for All that. Right, so, and to tell us, on Justin Allen, <laughs> yeah. there is a Kansas City
11: in Kansas, you idiot. He's a moron. But, yes, so Menopi sat right next to us, yeah. and he does the NFL on Fox on Sundays yeah. with Jimmy Johnson and Howie Long and Michael Strahan. And now he has become, over the last month, Rosanna Scotto's partner locally on Good Day New York. So, yes, the mayor shows up. We had a nice dinner together.
0: you ask him any questions about the Giants since he claims he's no. a Giants aficionado?
11: You know what I did? I congratulated the mayor. You know why? For what? For showing up? <laughs> no. That's funny. Uh, because yesterday a video surfaced where the day before the mayor was with a bunch of other folks, people that worked with him, and there's a kid a couple of feet away, some snot-nosed kid, who's yelling and screaming, When are you going to sympathize with the Palestinians? How many Palestinian kids have to die? Blah, blah, blah. And Eric, very calmly, the mayor, walks over to the kid, looks at the kid right in the face and says, bring home the hostages, and walked away. It uh, was a great moment. It was a great moment. What does that have to do with
0: our city falling into the abyss, turning it over to the illegal alien criminals? What is wrong with you? The gangbangers running in the streets. I was up on the number four train. It was our anniversary last night, the 45th anniversary, Mount Eden. They're looking for three thugs who had guns, gang wars on the number four train. And Michael Kemper, I, did, you, did you tell him I'm offering my help? No, His I guardian. did not. Oh,
11: no, he wanted, he wanted you to know that on this Valentine's Day, he said, please tell Curtis I love him. Michael Kemper, yeah.
0: I don't go that way. I love I'm him. Sorry, too. I understand it's politically correct for men to love one another. I respect that. You can yeah. do that. But I don't love you, Sid. I don't <laughs> love men. And I don't love Michael Kemper. But I have offered the Guardian Angels on the number four train. That's where we started. The people want us there. We were there late night. I'm telling you. Come on, Sid. Make the match. The well, shit We
11: got to make that happen before the Yankee season starts. Is not the train that goes right to Yankee if Stadium? So, of
0: course, you forget already. You're a Mets fan. You don't only the- care
11: about the John Rocker Express, the Number Seven Train. By the way, talking about the Mets today, as we get ready for the big Super Bowl parade in Kansas City, which we're going to talk about momentarily. Today is day one of spring training oh oh pitchers and catchers st. Lucie for the mets by the way yeah met baseball baby let's go you let's want to go. T-
0: you want to talk about uh male love uh if we were in love who would be the pitcher who would be the catcher
11: um you would be the pitch catcher no no hell no <laughs> I'd be giving you
0: chin music, man, right underneath your chin. Oh man, I'd be doing a Roger Clemens on you. No shredded bat here, pal. Who is your favorite Yankee catcher of all time? Oh, without a doubt, number eight, Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. Only because he talked like me. Right, he did talk like me. Exactly. You. Do you have a second?
11: Maybe Georgie Posada, maybe Thurman Munson. No, 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 no. I, you didn't like Thurman I Munson? I didn't like
0: Posada because he blocked the plate. I didn't like Munson because he was uh, always uh, wait, rumbling wait. with Reggie. He did, but you didn't cry when Thurman Munson died. Um, no, I got to be honest, I didn't cry. Of course, it was horrible. It was yeah. horrible. Yeah, but Elston Howard. I loved Elsie and Howe. MVP. Howard. Remember, yeah. MVP, Elsie a lot And he played left field too. Yes, he did. As did Yogi Berra. Yes. Remember, 1960s, looking over the ivy colored wall as Bill Mazarowski, the Polish hero, hits one over the fence at Forbes Field and the Pittsburgh Pirates won against the Yankees as Yogi Berra was also playing left field. Bill I, Ma- lo- I love, I love Yogi Bill Berra. Bill
11: Mazarowski. Was about as good as a defensive second baseman as anybody in the history of the game, but couldn't hit his own weight. That one home run you just mentioned—yes—that got Bill Mazurek into in the, the Hall World of Fame. In that
0: Series, Tony Kubek gets yes. hit by a ground ball, almost killed yes. him, knocked his windpipe out. And by the way, I love Yogi Berra because he owned the bowling alley with Phil Rizzuto, <laughs> who had alligator <laughs> arms, in Clifton, New Jersey, outside of Patterson. <laughs> That's true. I
11: love Yogi Berra. They, they had to work; they they couldn't just live off their salary. So, how many days will you? Go on and on about the fact that Travis Kelsey bumped into his coach. Are we past that yet? No. They won the Super Bowl. No, together. No, 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 And no, I know the no. parade
0: is today. There'll be drunken debauchery in Kansas City. Yes, Justin like. there are two Kansas cities. The big one is in Missouri. And if you're a stump jumper across in Kansas, there's little Kansas City, which has a huge crime problem because I was right in the middle of it. Gangbangers everywhere. But let me make they got
11: a huge uh, mob in Kansas City too. Yes, huge.
0: The purple mob came out of there. Yeah, a lot of your peeps, uh, by the way. Oh yeah. (laughs) Let me make mention that I am waiting for the Godfather of all sports writers, Phil Mushnick's piece. I gotta believe that Phil Mushnick, who lives out in Staten Island, I believe, will drop the bomb on Travis Kelsey for not apologizing to America for what he did to Coltrane. Can you imagine? Bill Parcells all of a sudden standing there with the clipboard and Travis Kelsey coming up in his face, screaming the F-bomb, bumping him, knocking down his play. Remember when Parcells went off on Phil Simms on the sideline? Monday night football. I'll never forget it. They were ahead like it was 17 nothing. I think it was in Indianapolis. They were playing the Colts. And Phil Sims had had basically grounded the ball. Parcells is giving him all kinds of grief on the sideline. Phil gives him grief, and Parcells says, don't you tell me what to do.
11: That was a coach with a capital T-tough. Do you now forget that? And I love Bill Parcells. I'm a giant fan my whole life. Well, since I was seven.
0: 1986, did
11: you forget it already, Phil? No, I didn't forget, but I, I love Bill Parsons. National TV! Yeah. Monday Night Football! Yeah, right. But, um, but the same coach you're talking about? Yes. Who yelled at Phil Sims? He actually called him Sims. Never Phil. Uh, he was the same coach that allowed Fifty-six. You may have heard of his name, Lawrence Taylor. Sleep in meetings, do whatever you want. In other words, if LT walked to the sidelines after the Giants missed a tackle and threw Bill Parcells to the ground, Bill Parcells wouldn't say an epping word. No, 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 no. Not a word. He threw your friend Joe Theismann that you've had on
0: this show over yes. and over again, not only to the ground, he snapped his leg in half. <laughs> and that's how LT's legacy became, I me, you for all time. <laughs> (laughs) You know that. You know that. And Bill Parcells, although he tolerated the indiscretions of LT, the cocaine, everything else that went along with it. Let's face it, man. What a dynamic duo they were. Of course.
11: So going uh, all the way back, pulling a, a, a 360 here to the very beginning no, of this no, conversation. No, don't go that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know
0: you're into flowers and love. and all. I, I will not change my sexuality and give up being a heterosexual. I'm just abstaining
11: during all of Lent, okay? You don't have to give up your sexuality. but But you did start off by taking shots at a guy that you kind of was loving just yesterday, Peter King. Peter sent out a uh, something on uh, social media where he basically congratulated Mozzie. Said no regrets. She had a great campaign. No regrets. You know we fought hard and uh, we lost. You think he really feels that way? No regrets. Remember, at 80 years old,
0: he goes to the gym. He boxes. I know. If you get into the ring, you have to take that attitude. You win. You lose. Somebody knocks your mouth guard out. Somebody knocks you on the ground. You don't get up like a little wuss. You know, like when you used to play, you know, skins in church basketball and Sid would go foul, foul. And I would say to you, Sid, at the playground, what do you mean foul? foul? Are you a little wussy? See, Peter King is no wussy. He knows he's going to get back up and fight another day. Except I hope the next time out when Swazi's running, whether it's Mazi or anyone else. Think hey, of me, Mazi. That and Peter King sued Swazi for using his <laughs> picture on all of his literature. You see, I'm a major uniter. I worked with Peter King in all my years in the house. There were more pictures of Peter King on the literature with Swazi than there was of Tom Swazi. But you see, it's on to the next election. When you're in politics, as I found out, you win some and you lose some. So, grow up, you can't be a sore loser out there. In gambling, what do they tell you? If you lose, suck it up. There's a next race, the next game, but don't be a sore
14: loser.
10: is Sid and friends
1: in the morning. 77 WABC. You're going to be on the side of the barbarians? No. And it's up to Israel to
13: exterminate
1: Hamas. And good for Sid Rosenberg, by the way. Is he back yet? I'll be uh, breathing a sigh of relief when he's back home here in America. Guy's been over there supporting the good guys. But, uh, you know, he gets it. Look, it's a war. We want Sid back safe and sound. And he has had a religious experience throughout all of this, which is very beautiful. Good for
12: Sid.
14: This is
11: my guy right there, Grace Kelly. Kelly, of course, I'm After Curtis and right before Bo Snartley, one to three every weekday afternoon. And very kind words from Greg Kelly about my Israel trip. He wasn't sure if I was home yet, so we did text each other last night. I said, yes, I'm back. I'm safe. Been back about a week now, but I do appreciate the words coming from Greg Kelly. And talking about Israel, so we're going to take a a little rest for just a second because in the 8 o'clock hour, Anthony Diaz Pazito who was really one of the charging forces in getting rid of George Santos out on Long Island, congressman. He's going to join us, and a very angry Andrew Giuliani is going to join us as well. So we'll get back to the whole Philip Swazi race. But talking about Israel, we've got a guest that's coming up next, and he is the only confirmed American on record who can say that he spent time in Khan Yunus, which is located in southern Gaza during this Israel-current swords-of-iron military operation against Hamas. His name is Gabriel Boxer. He's a businessman from Hewlett, New York, COO of Merchant Marketplace, board member of the American Friends of Judea and Samaria, which I visited. I went to both Gush Etzion and Kafar Etzion. He's the organization and founder and president of Kosher Response, which is a local organization that helps people in need boxer i didn't know this till just now because i follow him is also known as the popular jewish influencer blogger kosher guru like i said i've been following for weeks i had no idea it was him he was embedded this week with the idf paratroopers mobility unit which is brigade 646 boxer witnessed idf warriors engaging the enemy and saw firsthand how Hamas cynically uses their own children as human shields while indoctrinating them from a very young age to hate Israel and the Jews. So he will join us next.
5: Or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G A B O Law.com. Law, Gabola, where winning is no accident.
1: This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What'd you say? he just a
14: friend. Are you my best
7: friend?
1: 77 W A B C.
11: Love song on this happy Valentine's Day Wednesday morning. A lot going on today. Valentine's Day, Ash Wednesday for my Christian friends out there. And all these uh, big political stories, of course, once again, Tom Swazi beating Mozzie Pillip in that third congressional district, Long Island, Queens, last night. The House impeaching Mallorcas that will never get through the Senate. And that ridiculous $95 billion Senate bill, which Chuck Schumer loves, you know it sucks, which gives $60 billion to Ukraine, no thank you, and only $14 billion to Israel. But, we'll take a little departure from all of that. As I mentioned last segment, I've got a guest in studio. His name is Gabriel Boxer. And right off the bat, I like you because, I think you know this, but I've only got one son. And he's so near and dear to me, my angel. And his name happens to be? Gabriel. There you go. There you go. Well, you're not my son, though. No, not that I know of. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The 80s were pretty wild for me, Gabe. You just don't know. Uh, Gabriel Boxer. Now, you know, I've been following you, Kosher Guru, for weeks. I had no idea this was you. It is I. So what does that come from, Kosher Guru, on Instagram? So many years ago,
16: I used to be in the food industry, started out working. I grew up in Queens, New York. Started out when I was 15 years old, working at a local deli on Main Street, Queens, and throughout my career in the food industry kept moving from deli to catering to building supermarkets and helping other brands and marketing. And when social media became a thing, yeah. you needed a, a name. So
11: I wasn't a rabbi, a guru for a $1.99. You get the website guru and there you go. <laughs> Do you realize the man that owns this station? Well, you're on right now and all your friends from Judea and Samaria from the from the Hanukmans to Queens all over the world they're listening to you is owned by a man named John Katz right, who owns Christides, correct Dagostinos. You know that business yes. pretty well. So you knew that already? Yes, I did. Okay, good. Been uh, listening for years and uh, yes. He loves the Jews too. So, all right, so well, you're a kosher guru, you grew up in Queens. And uh you almost look like a Hanuk man. Like I feel like I'm talking to you, or one of his brothers. You're close to those guys obviously. So,
16: Judah and I, before Judah moved to Israel I'm from the five towns, you know, Farakaway area for many years. Um I've been in and out uh of Israel. My family and I were in Israel October seventh. We were there for weeks before for the holidays. We were there October seventh.
11: Oh, you were there that day.
16: That's when Where home. were you that day? We were with my family in Jerusalem, Israel. Yeah. It happens to me my middle daughter Dina's birthday October seventh. Oh the night before we spent a beautiful you know, Friday Sabbath night and the the holiday at the Western Wall. Came back to uh, my Ela's apartment. Had an amazing Friday night. Went to bed thinking we're going to celebrate her birthday the next day. My youngest daughter w- starts waking me up at, at eight o'clock in the morning. Daddy, there's there's missiles. Iron Dome. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm. Jerusalem. I'm thinking Iron Dome. Go back to bed. You're you're, you're dreaming. I, it's my alarm clock. I don't even have an alarm clock. It's my alarm clock. All of a sudden, throughout our entire complex, security is running up and down, giving one to the bomb shelters. We had no idea the
11: severity... Of what was going on. Well, was most people there didn't. In fact, I made my first ever pilgrimage to Israel just a couple of weeks ago. You know that. And I stayed in Jerusalem. Uh, by the way, just so you know, right now, Gabriel's wearing a really beautiful Israeli T-shirt. And both he and I are sporting these dog tags, which basically begs to get the hostages back. So I was there a couple of weeks ago for the first time. No issues in Jerusalem. While I was there, the worst some sirens in Tel Aviv, believe it or not. But I did go down on the last day I was there, that Friday morning, to the uh, area by Gaza. So I was by the kibbutzim. That day, families were returning. So they did not allow me to go inside the kibbutzim. I was outside. I went to the Nova Music Festival. I actually went with a guy. My tour guide works for Zaka. And he was there October 7th collecting bodies down in Gaza. But uh, what I've been told is that you are the only civilian to actually be in Khan Yunis. And if I'm right, that's where the Hamas really bad guy is as we speak.
16: That's where they think he's hiding, and I was just there literally Sunday all day. Um just flew back to uh the US, arrived late last night, and first thing in the morning I'm here to talk about it
11: with you. Well, how did you get in there? Because they're very, very strict on who can go into Gaza, even close to Gaza.
16: Very strict. So once October seventh happened, um, during COVID, I started an organization called Coast Response, and I just can't sit home and do nothing. We got out right away. We were delivering literally thousands of meals a day to frontline heroes, workers, police, firefighters, sanitation workers, nurses, doctors, and hospitals, um, all over the New York area. Even we sent to Chicago, Florida. I, I, I need to help. I need to give back. I need to do in Hebrew what's called chesed, to do good. So October 7th, I was in Israel. I couldn't just sit and do nothing. Um, I am a board member of American Friends of Judea Samaria. Um, and Yigal Dilmoni, the president, who's the previous CEO of the Yesha Council, when you were in, um, with Judah Honigman, with one Israel fund in those areas, that's all part of the Yesha yes. Council, with the Judah Samaria, yeah. and Aza, Gaza, back yeah. in the day when they had Gush yeah. Katif. And he was called up that day to a base he was first stationed near Petah Tikva, um, close to Tel Aviv. And I said, guys, what do you need? What do you need? So right then and there, they needed battery packs for their phones so they could stay in touch with their families. They needed camelbacks. They needed, um, winter gear. There was a whole list of just clothing items that overnight, over 300,000 reservists were called in to reserve duty and were not prepared. So I literally. Went in my car, started driving all around, getting items from different mall stores, whatever was open, there was like nothing available, and bring it to these various army bases. And throughout the time, what do you need? What do you need? You need vests? We'll get you vests. You need helmets? So we'll get y- you helmets. Y- you
11: mean army bases on the other side of Gaza by Khan Yunus in Gaza where they're actually fighting?
16: So it started after October 7th in Israel proper before they right, went down. Right. And then as we continued throughout the entire you know, four months going on, these guys are now on the border and now in Gaza. So whatever they needed, they would send this list all the time.
11: We would get them their items and get it to them. I was actually in Kush uh, Etzion. I was in Kfar Etzion, that whole area, with yep. the one is your fun guys, Gabby Haro, Eve, all those fine people. And uh, it's also a lovely place. And people didn't even realize, yeah, they're fighting there. Correct. I went to a barbecue one night with Hanikman and Aaron, 200 soldiers who were just fighting in Janine. Correct. But people here don't know that. They think something bad happened in the south, something bad may end up happening in the north. They have no idea. The whole country's on fire.
16: Correct. And we are surrounded by evil. That's what people don't understand. So, down south, what, what, what all this happened and how I got into communists,
11: drones. Oh, save it, save that. He's going to tell us how he got into communist because I'm fascinated by this. He's going to tell us what he did while he was there and how he returned safely to Midtown Manhattan. That's my man, Gabriel Boxer. We'll take a short break, get back and hear all about his trip inside Gaza where he saw actual fighting between the Israelis and Hamas. Gabe Boxer coming back right after this.
9: make me feel like i am free again am
1: 77 W.A.B.C. This is "Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from
11: my friend. Gabriel Boxer is in studio. My dear friend Heshi Orgenbaum checks in. He says, ask Gabe about his father, the very famous columnist Tim Boxer. That's your father, I guess.
16: How was your father? Father's great, thank God. Uh, My mother actually listens to you every day. My mother has... No idea that I was in Gaza. She's tell, she's actually listening right now, listening to you every morning. Oh talks about you all the time. No kidding. No kidding. Where do they live? In Long Island? No, they actually live in Fresh Meadows, where I grew up in Queens, New oh, Wow, how about that? So my mother's like, when I was in Israel, don't do anything <laughs> yeah. bad. <But> no problem, <laughs> oh, Mom. I'll be in, you know on the beaches of Tel Aviv. So she's actually finding out that I was in Gaza hey. here right now for the first time.
11: Hey, I hate when that happens. But uh, if your, your mother is listening, as you said, so your son's a hero. Anybody who goes there, you know, I, I say this to people all the time. Since I've been back. Because so many people have said to me, "Why would you go now?" Like you talked about, it's easy to go when the sun is shining. Go to the beaches in Tel Aviv on a or hyper. They want us there now. People stopped me in the streets of Jerusalem and said, "Thank you for coming."
16: They the, appreciate it. The tourism industry, which is what they really thrive on and and supports a lot of the economy, has been devastated. Yeah, so many like like what you said. So many owners of stores said. Even if you don't buy anything, thank you for coming and thank you for walking in. Correct. Countless times. Except for
11: the Arab quarters. <laughs> <laughs> they told me to go up myself, I swear to God. All right, so let's get to it. So you go you go into, you know, across Gaza. How do you get into Khan units?
16: So I've been helping, through American Friends of AFJS, get these tactical drones to these specialized units. Um, Yigal Delmoni gave two to his brigade, which is a special mobility paratrooper brigade called Sanchanim, his paratroopers in Hebrew. And they were literally from the top of Gaza going down. And one of his top commanders, like, we need more drones. And I've been joking with with Yigal for like months. I'm like, Yigal, get me to Gaza, get me to Gaza. He's like, ah, you're crazy, get me to Gaza. Then all of a sudden his top commander says, Yigal, we need more drones. You have no idea how much these are saving Not only Israeli soldiers, I'm explaining to you, lives, but also the civilians of Gaza because as they open up these safe corridors for the residents to sort of go to a safe area, there are Hamas people hiding in areas to sabotage them. And they put up the drones to see the surrounding area of the corridor and they spot them. And it saves not only Israeli soldiers' lives, but the citizens
11: and civilians that Hamas puts at harm there as well. Why? Because I know that you talk about Hamas. We know this using quote-unquote, innocent Palestinians, which I guess are innocent until the second grade, by the way. Uh, they start hating Jews early on, but uh, using them as human shields. But you did say that while you were there, and you showed me a video of a house getting blown up, killing Hamas people, uh, but you did see actual fighting between the IDF and Hamas, yes? You did see actual
16: fighting. So Yigal calls me this because it says, Gabriel, I got you. I'm like, you're kidding. No, the commander wants more drones. I explained to him. He says, you have to show him how they're being used. The purpose of it for donations and for people to support them. Each tactical drone at cost is $8,000. Um, there are $13,000 ones, but we're going for the $8,000 ones, which is what they want. So he says, be here Sunday. Gives me a location. And I'm like, how should I dress? I'm like so nervous. I couldn't sleep two days before. I got no
11: sleep two days before. Do you have a gun? No. Nothing. No, I am not part of... You, you, so you, you basically dressed up as a soldier, but you were a sitting duck. No. No. Here's the thing. I had I had
16: um a, fla- a vest on, a helmet, and I say, how do I dress this? Because you're not a soldier. We're black and like jeans. So I'm like, okay, we're black and jeans. Then I get there that day, and Yigal says to me, because you're dressed like this, you have to stay next to me because you look like a terrorist you who's going to shoot you. I'll shoot I'm you. I'm like, you yeah. told me to dress like this. <laughs> I asked you. You're the one who told me to dress like
11: this. Not to scare the hell out of your mother, but you, you literally... Literally, the video you just showed me, which you cannot put on social media till later in the week, uh, you were just a couple of feet away from a massive explosion which killed Hamas inside some house, which in we were
16: stopped. And I'll tell you the whole story. So I meet him by this checkpoint. I get geared up. We get in his Hummer, um, and we're going then through the gate into Gaza. And all of a sudden, he's on the radio, and they're talking Hebrew. My Hebrew. I went to Jewish school, Hebrew my whole life, but I never paid much attention. So my Hebrew was a little. Yeah.
11: Okay, and I hear yeah, some stuff. He goes, kind of like me. Yes, but so well, you're goes, better than I am. So he goes, we're going to go to the school
16: over here and uh, meet some. Like, okay, why? So they took over the school. Which in the school, they there are brochures, pamphlets for a Hamas summer camp that they're giving out, showing how to make and and make and shoot missiles at Israelis for little kids. SEC, sorry, it was six to twelve, 12- yeah. six six olds to twelve year olds. Yes. Like,
11: like I saw the picture yesterday of Sinwar, who's hiding out with his family, his wife, his son, his daughter, inside one of these tunnels in Khan Yunus, and he's holding a little boy, maybe five years old, dressed in the whole gear, holding a machine gun. I mean, the idea that these are innocent Palestinians, we know now for a fact, you gotta be careful when you say that. I mean, Correct. they are when the little babies, when they come out of their mother's womb, they're innocent. But very early on in their lives, all they want
16: to do is kill us. They're being indoctrinated from school. I saw it firsthand. There were murals. Murals on the wall. Think about you going to wherever you went to high school, wherever you go to elementary school, murals on the wall. Hamas fighters in full garb blowing up Buses in Tel Aviv. And you can see, just like MTA outside buses, they were egged buses. You can see a Jewish driver. You see it painted on their
11: walls and other terrorist attacks. And that's who they're idolizing for these kids in school. So about three minutes ago, so you're standing outside. You're dressed in all black. You're surrounded by the guys in green, the heroic IDF soldiers. And they're about to blow this house up, I guess, to smithereens. So
16: first of all, let me backtrack. There was another incident that I didn't show you yet. We go to the school, and there's an artillery battalion. And they're saying, stand on the side and, and watch your ears. I'm like, why? All of a sudden, literally 10 feet from us, the artillery battalion is firing. And just oh and you see God. the guy putting in the missiles, firing. Like, oh. what's going on? He goes, literally a few meters away, which is maybe, let's say, we're on this street, maybe two streets down. They were four confirmed terrorists, and they blew up where they were. And literally within two minutes, they send um, the soldiers in, confirmed dead wow Otherwise ways they were coming to attack and you saw all that saw so all of it experienced it then we met we we went on with our um our convoy and someone very interesting, and, and hearing what he had to say, we met, who was with the prime minister's um, office and directorate of, I forget the exact uh, verbiage, but the son of Hamas was there, the Green Prince. Yeah, I've
11: seen him on Fox News a lot. He actually hates Hamas. He Correct. calls him terrorists, and his father is a big Hamas guy. So we went to another school and went down to
16: one of the tunnels. There was 25 meters deep. Tunnels right underneath and next to school being built. And he says, and they went, they were using kids to build the schools. Tunnels, who is innocent here? You're building these terror tunnels next to schools,
11: and they're using the kids to do the work as well. Well, I know they are, but this is why I get so frustrated when people put the hammer down on Bibi. And I understand that they got caught with their pants down October the 7th. They did. There's no denying it. There's no defending it. By the way, America also got caught. America got caught, too. Uh, But if there's one guy besides Donald Trump, if there's one guy I would want to clean up this mess and to win this war, for me, it's B.B., and, you know, you got, you got parents of hostages in Tel Aviv that are protesting him every day. You've got uh, an American president calling him an epping bad guy. You've got Hillary Clinton saying he needs to go now. He's no good. He's going to get Israel destroyed. For me, as a proud Jew, he's the right guy in charge. And
16: look what happened on Super Bowl Sunday. Biden says don't go into Rafah. Netanyahu sends the, his super team into Rafah. Touchdown, save two uh, hostages. Right, right. So you're a BB guy, too. Yes, I am.
11: All right, so tell me this in the final 60 seconds, and please keep coming back. I've got a roster now of my Israeli-Jewish, we've got Alex Trayman, we've got Yehuda Hanikman, a bunch of folks. You're in now. Uh, Tell me how you feel moving forward and what you think Israel will accomplish before it's all said and done. Real quick in 60 seconds. Everything that
16: I've done, and with the help of so many donors and sponsors, knowing that these drones save lives and saw firsthand what the soldiers are doing, I am fully committed to knowing that we must win, we must eradicate Hamas, and give the people of Gaza and the Palestinian areas a new beginning, a new education, because they're so indoctrinated. Do they want that? Whether they want it or not, I think there are so many generations indoctrinated that we have to wipe out Hamas, and the education has to start anew. So, But you're not asking for a two-state solution, are you? No, there's one state. There's only Israel. That's right. They have their states. Go back in history. Read history. They have Jordan. They have Lebanon, Syria, Egypt. You want to go back to the Pila where, where,
11: with, um, Arafat? Where is Arafat from? Egypt. He wasn't even born in Israel. I know. I saw his, uh, compound though. And I saw the old, the old parliament. Because I was in the old city with my wife and my kids. It was a great tour. Actually, Dove Hikins guy, Daniel, took me on that tour and I saw that whole area, which right now they're starting to buy more and more land and give it back to the Israelis.
16: With yes, because you went with Hikings, so you saw the Atter Cohenim, you saw everything yes. going on over there. Yes. So we I'm must, like a real big deal. You, you are a <laughs> big deal over there. Next time we're gonna go together, but you have to share the facts. That's one thing. There's so much um false things being said out there so much fake news if you want to call it we must share the facts and history cannot be misinterpreted history is there as long as you learn the history and you learn the facts it's very simple said it's very very
11: simple you are very impressive by the way i'm glad you came in we'll do a lot more of these this is uh, gabriel boxer folks go follow him right now uh, Kosher Guru. It's a very easy name to remember. Kosher Guru, my friend, Gabriel Boxer. we got to take a short break, get to the news. We've got both Anthony D'Esposito and Andrew Giuliani stopping by next hour. One guy probably will make a defense for Mozzie. The other guy will not. Our number three coming up on Sitting Friends in the Morning. Thank you,
14: Gabe Boxer. If I ever that my kind It's a good time for me to hit on down the line Heardin your love.
1: sit in friends in the morning
10: friends,
1: 77 WABC All right,
11: 814 on your Wednesday morning, once again, happy oh. as Wednesday, happy Valentine's Day. So, Mazi, uh did not get through. And That was a very interesting conversation oh, okay. with Gabe Boxer. Thank uh, Himbra coming in. Had a great show already. Brian Kilmeade, Curtis Sliwa, Gabe Boxer, but Mazi did not get the win. And uh, my next guest is a guy that I've designated as my favorite male house member. I've got Nancy Mace for the females. I've got Anthony D'Esposito for the males. But it ain't a great day for Anthony. Let's get him on right now. I think he's on his way to D.C. Anthony, good
3: morning, buddy. How are you? What's up, my brother? How are you? Are you on the plane right now? I am. I'm sitting awaiting takeoff back to the nation's capital. Okay. Well, let's get to the race. Look, I know you listen
11: every day, so if you do, in all honesty... I said even yesterday, twice in the last four days dating back to Friday, that I thought she was going to lose. Now, look, I like her. Nice lady. Don't get me wrong. Very nice lady. And uh, decorated, right? IDF, all those great things. But, A, communicating not her best uh, uh, quality. Uh, secondly, she never really endorsed Trump the way Trump bands were looking for her to do it. Uh, Thirdly, I got so many complaints, even yesterday, from Republicans on Long Island that she's still a registered Democrat. They did not let that one go away. There were all these blemishes. Why did we think she was
6: going to win?
3: I think that uh, we were hoping that, uh, you know, the issues, which I believe they were on our side, but you are correct. I mean, we saw that uh, in places where historically Republicans had a huge, strong, uh, strong turnout, uh, the, sh- the turnout wasn't as strong and now the only thing that we can do is uh, dust ourselves off, get back up and continue to fight and focus on November where we uh, want to not only maintain the majority but grow the majority and elect uh, President Trump back into the White House
11: I don't want you saying anything bad about Mozzie Pillip because I like her she's a really good person, like I said a decorated lady, but will you, will, will you admit at least uh, that all you guys on Long Island made a mistake wrong candidate,
3: wrong person I think that's you know, she had trouble with, uh, with some of the demographics in this district. Uh, I believe in other places she overperformed, uh, which another candidate wouldn't have been able to do. So I think that in, in some places she was uh, doing better than a normal Republican would have. And in other places, uh, she was lacking. So unfortunately, you know, adding those together, um, it didn't uh, lead to a victory, but I think she's got a bright future. She ran a great campaign. Again, she was on the right side of the issues. And, uh, You know, I've been asked a couple of times over the last, I guess, 12 hours, do you regret what happened with George Santos? And the answer is no. Uh, I think we did the right thing. We can't be the party that's trying to hold people accountable. Just yesterday, before we flew back to to New York, I mean, we we impeached a a, a, a cabinet secretary because we wanted to hold him accountable. If we're going to be the party that holds people accountable, we need to hold our own accountable. So I stand on the decision that I made. I stand on – uh, expelling George Santos, and and I lay my head on the on the pillow at night, knowing that we did the right thing.
11: You sent out a tweet last night. Did you see it? You can thank these two guys for losing a Republican House seat. You were in that picture. I'm not sure the other guy
3: was, but uh, you did see that picture, yes? Yeah, I saw it. Listen, he, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, I'm sure George is very happy at the outcome of, of last night. Uh, The facts are that he's, you know, he's got an interesting year ahead of of him. Um, And uh, I'm hoping to put George Santos in the rearview mirror. I haven't spoke ill of him. We did what we had to do. Uh, I don't believe that he belonged to serve in Congress. I think that he was violating his oath. He wasn't representing the people. Uh, And that's why we removed him. And, again, if we're going to be the party of holding people accountable, we need to hold our own accountable and and keep our family in check first. Yeah,
11: but you know what's funny about that? And uh, what if he runs, by the way, November? Would you you, uh, be okay with that?
3: We'll see. I don't know how he's going to have time running a trial, but we'll see what happens. Well, how's the
11: president doing? President Trump, he's doing okay, right?
3: He's doing great. Yeah,
11: yeah. he's in court every day and he's still winning this thing, so who knows? But. You know, the issue with the Republicans becomes this, yes, let's face it, the guy did some untowdry things, and I, I'm not going to kill you, Anthony, for wanting to remove him. But we always hear this, Republicans eat their own. The Democrats, you got Menendez, no one says a word. I know Fetterman said something, but otherwise, no one says a word. Nobody says a word about Hillary Clinton. All these crooked, horrible Democrats, they seem to stick together. And in our case, the Republicans, you know, somebody does something, and, uh, you know, we put them out there for everybody to kill them. So you may be right in this case, but you know that the the conception is, is that Republicans don't do themselves any favors.
3: No, I agree with that. But I also think that that much of the American people look at the Democrats exactly for that, is that they uh, surround each other and protect one another. But they protect each other for all the wrong reasons. And that's why Republicans are winning in places where we normally have it.
11: Tell me about this impeachment. Uh, look, it's not going to happen in the Senate. We know that. So uh, I commend you. I think it's the right thing. I think at the very least to have people notice and mention derelict of duty when it comes to Mayorkas is a good thing. So it's not going to happen. But I still commend you. But um, why yesterday?
10: Why
3: did it go through yesterday when the first time around it did not go through? But yesterday uh, obviously it was Fat Tuesday today is Ash Wednesday but we had the return of our majority leader Steve Scalise from Louisiana he was out uh going through some cancer treatment some chemotherapy uh and he's back he's uh, in good health he looks great uh so he was uh, you know the the vote that put us over the edge as we come back to our our full attendance
11: there are some people that are Republicans I saw on Fox News, Anthony, that said they were voting against it even before in the morning because they said there are two things at play here. First of all, they're not OK impeaching everybody because it happened to Donald Trump. And secondly, why are we impeaching Mayorkas when the truth is he just takes his orders from the boss? If you want to impeach anybody, you want to impeach Biden. So I did see some Republicans say stuff like that on Fox News. What are your thoughts on that?
3: I think at the end of the day, you, you take an oath to be a cabinet secretary. Yes, you work in the administration of the president, but just because you work in an administration doesn't take away your ability to make decisions uh, and, and live out your oath. And we went through that 13-month investigation, and I've said it before, I spent a career in the NYPD, most of it as an investigator, and it's an investigation that I, I would be proud if I was still on the job presenting to a prosecutor. We laid out five phases as to which uh, Mayorkas violated public trust, where he ignored laws put in... Put forth by Congress, uh, where he violated his oath, he lied to the American people, he lied to Congress. Um, I, you know, I, again, I think it's it's similar to what we were just talking about. You can't just ignore people uh, that are that are conducting bad business because uh, it's somebody else's fault. We should, if we're going to be the people holding people accountable, we should hold them all accountable.
11: Uh, you don't have any delusions that this Majorca thing will do well in the Senate, do you?
6: No,
3: I don't. But okay. uh, I'm confident that the uh, the impeachment. Uh, the the individuals that they put on the impeachment panel will do their job in uh, in delivering the message to the Senate and make a a good case as to why he should be impeached. And I think that that's an opportunity for the American people to hear. Uh, the facts that we've uncovered in our investigation.
11: Two more, we'll let you run. I hear the pilot talking in the background or the stewardess or somebody. Uh, that Senate bill is disgusting. 60 billion to Ukraine, 14 billion to Israel. This president is so compromised and so full of it. Enough with the money to Ukraine.
3: So I'm glad you guys are going to take a hard note of that, yes? Absolutely, we got to let's secure our border first, and then we'll worry about others.
11: All right, last two then. So, uh, in closing, now, do you think the fact that Mozzie was still a registered Democrat as of yesterday that hurt her? Yes or
14: no?
10: I agree.
3: I think that if we had the ability legally to change her um, to change her registration before the election, and she was uh, came out a registered Republican, uh, that would have definitely swayed votes. I don't know if it would have been enough to. to declare the victory, but it would have helped.
11: And uh, how quickly now do you guys get back to the table to look for somebody to take on Swazi again in November?
3: I think uh, by the time we get to lunchtime, we'll be doing that.
11: <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, have a safe trip. You're always great with me, Anthony. You know I appreciate right, you, and we'll talk later. Absolutely love you, brother. Have you a again. good fight. Love you too, man. Happy Valentine's Day. That's my guy, Anthony D'Esposito, right there, and he comes on. That's the bottom line. You know, he was part of that group that removed Santos, and You know, again, I can't kill him. I like George. You know, George comes on this show. George texts me. You know, and I love Andrew, and those two guys kill each other. I'm one of the few guys that actually has a relationship with George Santos, but he did bad things. He did. So you got to, you know, you got to, you know, it's better for the party. Leave him there. He votes America. He votes Israel. He's a Republican, but he does bad things. So are you really going to take the Esposito to task? For having a little bit of moral
8: uh, ground? I mean, how do you do that? He said it himself. If, we, if we're going to hold people accountable, we got to hold our own accountable. Yeah, That's so a, this is, you can't argue that. It's point. hard. It's hard. I mean, again, I want that
11: seat back. I'm not happy we lost that seat. It's razor thin as it is. But it's, this one's tougher because are you really going to say the Esposito screwed up by taking out a guy who may have broken the law? Bottom line. And I like him, but he may have broken the law. So you're going to kill the Esposito with that? I don't know. We're going to find out because Andrew Giuliani is furious today. I mean furious. And he coming up later on this hour, more of "Sitting Friends in the morning. On your happy Valentine's Day don't try to Wednesday. Don't try to I love you all. I love you, Justin. She's I'll be right back there.
8: I don't believe either one of you. I just can I was about what? as insincere as one of the politicians. Life!
9: Don't I try to talk Don't I say nothing. She used to be The kind of woman You have in you hold She couldn't understand a
14: problem She had to
1: Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning, seventy seven WABC.
15: You're my funny. Valentine, sweet comic Valentine, you make me smile with my heart. Your looks are laughable, unfold. speak Are you smart But don't change your hair for me Not if you care for me Stay Day.
11: Tony Bennett, my funny Valentine, sending that out to my beautiful wife, Danielle. My beautiful and funny Valentine, and uh, sending it out to all of your beautiful, significant others. Dome, uh, your lovely wife, uh, Bridget, and um, what is her name, actually, your wife? I don't think it's Bridget. What is it? Who, my wife? Yeah. Pam. Pam? That's right. All right. And uh, Lou's beautiful, significant other, MJ, and whatever escort Justin hires tonight. <laughs>
8: She might get the best present of all. Who knows? <laughs> you never know.
11: But here's why I become, once again, the biggest dick in New York, and this is why I'm number one. <laughs> because there's Tony Bennett, the late, great Tony Bennett. We all love Tony Bennett. Singing My Funny Valentine. Tony Bennett, one of the greatest crooners ever. Maybe right behind Frank Sinatra. Uh,
8: thanks very much. I, pre- I appreciate it.
11: But that son of a bitch, Tony Bennett, used to sit on a park bench on the Upper West Side that's where he lived, you know. And there were no good people on the Upper West Side. None. Zero. I lived there for four years. Trust me. They had my face in the lobby during COVID.
8: <laughs> this is the biggest dick in this building.
11: And then he was on
8: with Howard Stern once. <laughs> you know, the Imas tendencies are really all around you. Because you are such a conditioned gumball machine. <laughs> as soon as the Tony Bennett thing oh, came oh, on out, team, he goes, hey, find this, uh, <laughs> find it. <laughs> well,
11: I did learn that from the I man, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The I oh, man oh, taught me very, very well.
8: I mean, Mother Teresa, <laughs> there could have been one bad thing about her. Like, hey, wait, we're going to play that Mother Teresa. Huh? Let's find this thing, too. Listen,
11: I didn't say it, he did. So,
8: <laughs>
11: thank you, Tony Bennett, for that wonderful audition on Valentine's Day of My Funny Valentine.
12: But this, you bastard, this is why I hate you forever. We're just moments away from being called into the studio during breaks to be yelled at. <laughs> yeah. Screamed oh, no. at. No, no, that's the next
10: Listen, one. Listen, we didn't doctor this. He actually <laughs> no. said
12: it. Right. This is...
11: Um...
8: you're playing it. <laughs>
11: what? Well, it's Tony Bennett. He just sang the song.
8: Right. I right. gave him credit. There are times and moments for things. Yeah. You, know that, you are aware of that being no, I'm not. as good a radio host as no, you I'm are not. the best. No. Yes, you know. Somebody
11: dies, I make fun of them that day. <laughs> that day. It's great. No. It's
8: exactly the day no. when Bob Murphy died no. and we were playing all of his flubs. That's right. at FA. I actually sat
11: down with Jonathan Gruntbast and picked every one of those out. Right.
8: Ed Scazzeri came running into me goes, no, go to this fire. No. And Mark
11: Turnoff got
8: angry. And so did Mike and Chris. And
11: that's when the country <laughs> was in good shape. <laughs> now we get offended by everything. I
8: was part of it, too. I was part of it. Oh,
11: you I'm were God. damn part of it, all right. And you yeah. were lapping your ass off on i missed the next morning. I anyway, thought, I thought it was funny. this was a very unfortunate exchange <laughs> <laughs> between Tony Bennett and Howard Stern years ago. What do you do with these terrorists who blew up the World well,
14: Trade Center? Well, if they didn't have weapons, like he said, they mm. they don't make them themselves. But who That's are the true. terrorists?
15: Are we the terrorists or are they the terrorists? What? Well, Two wrongs don't make a right. They're the
0: ones who started with that plane flying into the World Trade Center. What do you do?
15: I don't know about that. Oh. You don't think so? Well, it's another story. Oh. I'm, I'm what do you mean? What do do you, think? you Are you one th- of those conspiracy
0: oh. guys who thinks they didn't fly the plane in, that maybe the government no, they, started they it? they flew the plane in. <laughs> But but we caused it. Oh, we caused it. Why? Because, because they
15: were, we were bombing them, oh. and they told us to stop. And they said, <laughs> what are you doing? And they came on stronger, and they said, come on, we're going to have to retaliate. Yeah. No, no, no. They said, go give them four times as much. So sometimes when it's not clear. So, so sometimes it's not clear.
11: <laughs> Tony Bennett blaming 9-11 on us
8: hey, You gotta take everybody as they are That's I guess so Pokes <laughs> hey, Well, it's not really clear, is it? You know, uh, I, I saw a couple of buildings come down But You're I right. don't know what happened
1: Sit in friends in the morning 77 W.A.B.C
14: Arrangements And gravity won't pull you through You know you're missing out on something Well, that's something
11: Look of love on this Valentine's Day. Another great choice by Lou Ruffino doing a tremendous job on this Valentine's Day. Louis, so I'm at this uh, really swanky New York City restaurant last night. It's, I can't even tell you folks how surreal all this is. You may hate the mayor. I don't care. That's fine. You're allowed. But I'm at this really swank restaurant in New York City with the mayor last night, you know. I've got another dinner coming up at Rosanna Scotto's popular restaurant next Wednesday with another very, very popular politician. Monday afternoon, my friend Nigel Farage is stopping in New York City for about eight hours before going to CPAC, and he wants to meet for lunch. And then in two weeks, I'm going to go down and see President Trump in Mar-a-Lago. And again, I'm not that far removed from talking to Joe McEwing about what it's like to face Randy Johnson. (laughs) Super Joe. Because I was the only guest, the only guest, that Jay Horowitz can get me. Mike and the Mad Dog got Piazza, they got Valentine, they got Alpanzo. And we got Joe McEwing. Yeah. yeah.
8: Okay. Yeah. Just, just get him off quick. Get him <laughs> yeah. over, don't ask him any of those questions. I. I, I okay, okay, <laughs> okay.
11: Okay. Okay. But I annoyed Danielle so much yesterday because I did the old. Listen, they come to New York or they're in New York. They got to kiss the ring. That's the bottom line, folks. <laughs> oh, she went nuts. So I'm at this. Uh, <laughs> of, course she did. I mean, <laughs> of course, she did. So I'm at this swanky restaurant last night, and um, my phone is buzzing, and it's Andrew Giuliani. This is like nine o'clock last night. What is this about? I looked down at the phone. Andrew says, is there any way you can move me from my regular Friday spot to tomorrow? I said, why? He said, because I'm furious at the Republican big shots in Nassau County for losing this race. Now, ordinarily, Peter King is on this time, and people wanted to come on. This has nothing to do with Pete. He wanted to come on. I'm putting Pete on on Friday because I'd rather hear people vent today, let him get it out. And then we'll put Pete on when temper is kind of calmed down later in the week. But if Giuliani is furious, then that's going to make for better radio than, ah, she's a good lady. We gave it a good shot and blah, blah, blah. I want to hear somebody pissed. So I said, you're in. So with that said, here he is, a very angry,
6: Andrew Giuliani. Hi, baby. Happy
11: Valentine's Day.
6: (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day. You're right. I am seeing red today because this is. uh, And look, you guys know my feeling about Santos, right? This has been very, very clear on this. But I've also been very clear that they should not have removed somebody who was not tried and convicted. It is absolutely crazy. And the fact that these New York House members forced this member out before they had a chance to to present. Their case is absolutely crazy. And by the way, who's doing the vetting over there at the Nassau GOP? I mean, first you had Santos, and then they ended up having a Dem running as a Republican. Who, I know that they end up having a good ground game and getting people out, or at least that's what they say. I mean, they certainly did that in my primary, where Zeldin did a good job in Nassau County. But who's doing the vetting over there? It's, it's beyond crazy. And the fact that she couldn't – and I spoke to President Trump about this race. During the Super Bowl, on Super Bowl Sunday, we actually we talked about it for a couple of minutes, and he asked what I thought about the race. And I said, look, I think it's going to be close, but I said, she's, she's leaving voters at home because she can't get the simple answer of whether or not she would support you if you're convicted. I said, the answer is simple. And I even told him, I said, look, Mr. President, if she doesn't want to run – You know, a a Trump campaign, a pro-Trump campaign, and all that stuff. I I understand, and she gets that. But here's the thing: you should have a very clear answer on this, and it should be all about the political prosecution. But but, 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 but but, wait, but I did,
11: I did ask her that yesterday. But
6: Sid, you had to pull her teeth for that. I mean, I mean, I know, but but she given an answer. You had to pull her teeth, and I know, but 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 even your
11: father said the answer was okay. You see, I, I don't. For me, this is just for me, and I love Trump like you do. It wasn't about Trump. I know Trump makes it about Trump all the time. The messages that I got even yesterday, even yesterday was I am not voting for a Republican
6: who's still a registered Democrat. Even well, yesterday. I And I think those answers highlighted that she still is a registered Democrat because it's not as much even about the Trump part of it as it is about the lawfare, as it is about using the Justice Department to go after political opponents. Remember, the Justice Department isn't just going after Donald Trump. They're going after pro-lifers, which I know you're pro-choice, but they're going after pro-lifers. And they're also going after parents that are willing to go out there and stand up at school board meetings. They're going after conservatives. And that's really, I think, what this highlighted here. And just so you know – even though she did give her best answer on the subject throughout this, you got to remember: in the very beginning, she said she would not support Trump as he was convicted, yes. and then she said maybe she would support Trump as convicted. Then she ended up going to believing it was going to be a fair trial. Just last week, said she said she was going to be a fair trial. Look at look at the people who were ultimately conducting this: Alvin Bragg, Leticia James, uh, Fannie Willis. Uh, tell me if this is going to be fair, Jack Smith. Look at these two judges that they've dealt with with kaplan in new york with engeron who's been absolutely crazy who tells donald trump i didn't come here to listen to you oh you absolutely did come here to listen to him because not only are you his judge but you're his jury in that case so don't tell me this is going to be a fair trial (laughs) so i think all that did highlight it and by the way To hear that, well, she's a registered Democrat because we didn't have enough time to ultimately make a change. The Nassau GOP and the New York Republicans have been talking about making a change for Santos for the last 11 months. So you had 11 months for her to re-register, which she absolutely had the time to do that, which shows that there was absolutely no foresight there. So look, and you know how I feel about Santos. I think the guy's a fraud. But he should be in Congress right now because guess what? It shouldn't be me or you or anybody else who's judging it without him having the opportunity to present a defense. And you should not remove a, dual member of Con- a duly elected member of Congress without having the opportunity for him to present his defense, whatever I think about him, Sid. And now you've lost a slam-dunk Republican vote, and you've turned an eight-seat majority and a six-seat majority at this point. It's crazy. <laughs> That is an excellent analysis, a spirited analysis. I mean I'm glad I
11: put you on, but I want to talk more about Trump, okay? Yeah. So we're going to put you on hold for like two minutes and come back for some more with a very, very agitated Andrew. And you got to understand, Giuliani and Santos are in the middle of a holy war on this show. I mean, they have mother-effed each other back and forth on this show for a month. But Giuliani doing what his father did for many years, putting country before personalities. And he says Santos should be there this morning. And I'll tell you this, Andrew, you are not alone. More of Andrew Giuliani right after this.
1: Friends in the morning. Seventy seven W A B C
11: greatest voices in the history of female singers. The late great Karen Carpenter. The Carpenters, I believe the name of this song is Superstar. Very good. And it's a perfect Valentine's Day song. Thank you, Louis. job you a do tremendous remember who wrote
2: it, come back. It had
11: to be our brother Richard, no? No. Really? Who wrote this song? It wasn't Richard or Karen? It's a tough very tough. How about uh, Marvin Hamlish? Uh,
8: that's no, that's a good guess though.
11: How about but, uh, the other guy, uh, uh, Bob? Um, Greasy, no. Not Bob, Bob Greasy, Weir, no. No, not Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead. Bob, uh, you know who I'm talking about. He does all the um, all the great ballads, all of them.
8: No, you're not. You're just not. You know get what I'm get talking it. about. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh you, come on, somebody wrong. help me out.
11: Bob, something or other, one of the greats. Who uh, is it
8: then? Oh uh, you mean Burt Bacharach? Burt Bacharach, yes, that's very good. That's what I thought you meant. That's not yeah. him. Who is it? Now you work on it. We'll come back. We'll come back? No, it's a Leon Russell wrote
11: it. Oh, Leon Russell. I would never get that. I
8: know. No one...
11: Wow. He wrote that. this song?
8: Yes. Nice. He wrote one. it with a couple of people, but he's the main writer.
11: All right. Yeah. Well, Andrew Giuliani's in love. He's got a gorgeous wife, Z, and a beautiful little girl, Grace. But uh, he's more pissed off. He's going to have to get through this this morning because I'm sure he wants some Giuliani loving at some point today. But right now, he's going off on everybody. So, you know, you mentioned the Nassau County GOP, and, you know, a lot of guys are texting me all morning long, and and now especially he's right. It was Garbarino. It was Lolada, It was Esposito, It was King. It was Cairo. Do you want to mention any names that you're specifically uh, hung up on today after this latest loss?
6: No, I think it's the whole New York delegation here, along with the NASA GOP. I mean, again, the fact that they end up having, uh, you know, a a vetting process where they end up having Santos as being the candidate, and then you end up going to having a a registered Democrat who, by the way, they had talked about removing Santos as early as January of this last year. So they had a long time to be able to go and look at potential candidates and think about this and say, you know, Mozzie, you know, you are a potential candidate here. Uh, just in case you want to pick, you you know, maybe go down to the Board of Elections and uh, maybe just change that D to an R, because that yeah. might be a little bit of an issue if we decide to end up yeah. choosing you. Yeah. So I don't think it's anybody. And look, I, I, I want to say this, too. I have the utmost respect For Peter King I think he is truly a great American and even though we disagree on some of the issues like on Trump I think he has our best interests at heart I do think though that they got this candidate extremely wrong and when you talk about a race that should have been won all the national issues were against Swazi and the Democrat I mean the fact that they had him nailed absolutely nailed talking about kicking ice out of Nassau County bragging about kicking ice out of Nassau county i mean any candidate should have won that race on the other side it's amazing you had the guy nailed and because you had a candidate that sadly couldn't talk about lawfare the way that she needed to which i really think sid is one thing that i think we're underestimating here because i think a lot of americans are actually looking at this and it's not as much the trump factor as close as i am with trump as close as we are with trump and as close as we feel it i think they're looking at this and saying look if they can go after the President Trumps of the world like this, without any uh, without any real evidence on this stuff, and all of a sudden he's got eighty three uh, million dollar settlements, all of a sudden he's being convicted of crimes that Joe Biden is is being uh, they're looking the other way on, um, then it can happen to me on this stuff. Right. And, and right. I highlighted I highlighted pro-lifers, I highlighted these parents here at school board meetings. Uh, you know, they're going after the Justice Department is going after conservatives, mm. and that's why I think. You know, that answer was so critical and so fatal in all this. Um, So to me, uh, you know, this is something that I think, sadly, it it was it was a one race. And I think the Republican Party here in New York, which had the opportunity to win this race, they snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory.
11: Trump, let's get to Trump. Uh, Love him. We all know that already. Let me preface it again by saying that just in case this ends up in Margot Martin's voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, you know, the truth is, over the years, his candidates have not done very well. I don't need Nikki Haley, that backstabbing biatch on CNN, to tell me that. I know that. That happens to be true. So every time somebody loses, Trump is like, well, you know, they should have done more about me. I mean, Steve Bannon said if Lee Zeldin did more of a Trump talk, he would have beaten Kathy Honkel. I disagree with Steve. That's fine. But the point is every time a Republican loses, if they don't suck up to Donald, he kind of blames him. But the record for Trump, if I'm wrong here, correct me over the years, the last couple of years has
4: not been very good.
6: I I mean, I think it's been pretty good to be perfectly honest. I think a lot of times what ends up happening, and this is where I think Mozzie fell into this. And this is where Nikki Haley falls into, uh, When you when a when I think a voting base sees somebody who's disingenuous, who doesn't really own the positions that they have, whether or not they're you know 100% pro-Trump or whether they differ from him, if you're genuine, if you believe in what you're saying, a voter base sees, smells, and feels that. And I think more than anything, right now in American politics. People want somebody who's genuine. People want somebody who's willing to put it all the line on the line and tell them exactly what they think because they know when the times get tough, which right now in politics, the times are tough. When the times get tough, then they're actually going to follow through with their beliefs. And guess what? They may disagree with them on issues, but they will respect them. And I think this is where this candidate sadly fell so short, and I think this was sadly uh, an example of it right here. Um, So when I look at these candidates, I think you want somebody who's going to be genuine on these issues. And I think that's really where this happens. And so when I look at the Trump candidates, um, if you have somebody who truly, I think, believes in America first, the way Trump does, that has gone on out there and and uh, and pushed kind of. So much of the same policies that has made America prosperous, that didn't start any new wars, that actually really stopped Russian aggression, if you want to look at what they were doing in Crimea in the four years under under Donald Trump. I know NATO is a big topic, but that strengthened NATO that got billions of dollars of more defense spending into the agreement, uh, then, you know, then Trump is obviously your guy here in all this.
11: So in closing this great conversation, a magnificent appearance. The reason why this show does really well, Andrew, is I'm not speaking every day necessarily. I've got some really sharp listeners, guys and girls that they are into this stuff all day and all night, okay? But the reason why the show does so well is there's plenty of folks who don't mind listening to Boomer Esiason for 10 minutes or Elvis Duran for 10 minutes. Then they come to me because they're not watching Fox News or Newsmax or OAN all day long. So when they see this race is over, if they're a Republican, they go, oh, damn, we lost. But I don't think they really understand how important this race was. So in its simplest terms, for the guy that just showed off Boomer because he's tired of hearing about Travis Kelsey, explain (laughs) to these people why yesterday's loss was a bad one.
6: I wish I could give a Taylor Swift reference for this, but I'm not good (laughs) enough on her lyrics, so I don't know. But uh, again, we snatched – I think Republicans here snatched a a seat, which was Santos, which should have been Santos. He should have had the opportunity to present his defense. You snatched literally victory uh, or defeat out of the jaws of victory in this. That's the best way to describe this completely. And here's the thing again. um, This was another opportunity – for Republicans to be able to show that they could actually get out the vote here. And I know a special election, you're going to have about half the vote. That's what ended up happening. Plus the, the weather was bad.
11: Plus you had bad weather.
6: Plus, the weather was bad, but it just would have taken 95,000 votes. And by the way, I hate the weather is bad argument here because think about it. If George Washington won't let the idea of America (laughs) die at Valley Forge under the snow, then, then, you know, we can't drive three miles with some snow tires (laughs) to go and and, and, and vote. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But, yes, you know, it. sadly it does play a role this day and age. But come on, you know, look, you think about all the incredible Americans that have kept this – uh, incredible experiment alive. And a little bit of snow is going to stop us. That's great.
11: Andrew, great appearance, man. I'm so glad you texted me last night. I'm so glad we made the decision to bring you on this morning. You just nailed it. Grand Slam home run. A Hardiman touchdown in overtime, Giuliani. <laughs> great job. Thank you so much, Paul. I love you.
6: Well, thank you. So, let's hope let's hope we're doing some Giants references next year. Wouldn't that be nice? Or at some point by the end of this decade, that'd be nice. If in February we're doing Giants references, how old so is make that How old is Grace? <laughs> <laughs> two,
11: two years old. Yeah. Wish, uh, by the way, wish Z uh, a happy Valentine's Day from us, and uh, enjoy your night, okay, buddy? And same to you and your wonderful wife, Danielle. Great job. That's Andrew Giuliani, ladies and gentlemen. He wanted to come on, and when you want to come on, if you reach out to me, you better come with it. Andrew Giuliani just came with it. We'll take a short break. We'll come back with No With The News. And then the fourth and final hour, sitting friends in the morning. Philip lost. What?
14: I really do.
1: Sid and friends in the morning. From our friends, seventy seven WABC.
11: Andrew Giuliani, his phone so blowing up. People love that segment today. Thomas Knipp texted me, the great attorney, Razor and Knipper, Daniel Penny. I got a text from Mary Glynn, who runs the Rockaway Republican Party. Everybody agreeing with Andrew Giuliani. But there's only one guy that you have to get today. Giuliani was great on this show. Curtis Slewa was great on this show. Brian Kilmead was great on this show today. Gabriel Boxer Just back from Gaza, great on this show. But there's one guy, one, that everybody wants to talk to today. And guess who's going to talk to him? Me, George Santos, is next.
1: And friends in the morning, entertaining and informative.
14: Ooh, you're my best friend.
1: 77 WABC.
11: Nine twenty-six on your Valentine's Day as Wednesday morning. So this is the big one, folks. Yes. The special election took place yesterday. Tom Suozzi wins. He beats Mozzie Pillop, And I get a lot of texts from a lot of very unhappy Republicans, not just on Long Island, but Staten Island, Brooklyn, New Jersey, who say the same thing. Why did they remove George Santos? Even Andrew Giuliani, who has referred to Santos as everything from a criminal to a scumbag, <laughs> spent the whole segment basically defending Santos in saying the guy never got his due time. You don't just remove him without letting him go through the process. Defending George Santos. So with that said, here he is, George Santos. George, good morning, pal. How are you? Good
13: morning, Sid. It's great to be here with you, and it's great to see you know, I'm going to start off by saying I will thank Andrew Giuliani for being sensible enough to recognize that what happened was wrong, right? We can have our bickering. Look, I, I don't dislike Andrew. It's just he wants to come after me. I'll go after him. But here's my message to the audience. You guys miss me yet? Because the reality <laughs> is y'all, everybody was happy and excited, from Joe Cairo to Anthony Disposito to Nick Valoda. They went to Washington, D.C gave absolute assurance to the Republicans in D.C. that this would be a no-brainer for them. Don't worry, we got it, we just need him out because Joe Cairo convinced every single New York Republican that they were gonna be dead on arrival if I stayed and ran for reelection. Well, you know what? This is what happens when the will of the people is canceled, when the will of the people is ignored. Party leaders need to stop thinking that they know best. Yesterday, we saw something very clear: the turnout of the Republican base was anemic. The Republican base was disrespected; their votes were canceled, and this is what happens when you do that to voters. I have no pride. I am not happy we lost the seat. I was not. I was not rooting against Mozzie. Mozzie is a a mother of seven, an amazing human being with a great story. Now her kids are going to have to face the backlash of this. Uh, Now she's going to have to face the backlash of this. This isn't going to be easy for her. This is a woman who didn't have an easy life to begin with. We just went ahead and made it more difficult because party bosses thought they knew better than the electorate.
11: Some of them will say, George, though, that uh, even if you survive this, that uh, in the upcoming elections, okay, that the democrats were going to use you you were going to be the tool look at these republicans are leaving this guy in there and look what he's done look what he's done and they thought that maybe that would cause them in future elections i'm not defending what they did i'm just telling you what the thought process is if they leave you there the dems will use you as a tool moving forward
13: well sid let me give you a little example the dems used me as a tool in 2023 during the local election seasons on long island In New York's third congressional district, not a single Republican incumbent lost their reelection. And we flipped a Nassau County legislative seat in the third congressional district from blue to red. A seat that had been held by Drucker for years. We went ahead and won it. Here's the reality. We did not have that issue. George Santos was not synonymous of your Bottom line to pay your bills, public safety in the streets or inflation in this country. It has nothing to do with that. And, and furthermore, my voting record is a conservative voting. Record. Yes. Democrats can scream from the top of the highest hills in the world, but they're never going to be able to change my voting record. And guess what? My voting record represented my district. I vote for every environmental initiative I could that would benefit the quality of drinking water in NY3, the quality of filtration of water in NY3. But I also voted for every conservative fiscal measure because in New York's third congressional district, we have a voter base who is intelligent, who understands that if we do not turn around course, that $34 trillion in debt will easily become 40, 50, 60, and their kids are done. So this is exactly why I don't think they were reading the tea leaves. They were bothered. They didn't like the fact, oh, this is George Santos. He's an albatross. But I didn't heard a single person's reelection in 2023. So I call foul play on any <laughs> any conspiracy that they have for yeah. 2024.
11: So let me ask you this. Are you now that the Republicans lost? And um, you may not be gloating today. I think you are, for real, somewhere down deep. I think you're being very nice. But I think you are. Uh, not because you're a bad guy. But that's human nature. Look, you got rid of me. Now you're effing law. Screw you. Uh, but now, are you considering a run come November?
13: Look, Sid, here's the deal. For me to run in November, it would be almost impossible, and I'll tell you why. I would go up against... the the Democrat establishment, the Republican establishment and Jerry Cassard, the conservative chairman, who has vowed that he he would do everything in his life and power to make sure that I've never held public office again. So the reality is, I'd need a fortune, I'd need also <laughs> to overcome all my shortcomings yeah. and then I'd also need to to, to realize Tom Swasey is a formidable opponent. I ran against him before. I'm not going to say I'm not gloating. I'm not gloating because I'm happy we lost. But there's a side of me, I'm not going to lie to you, and I'm not going to lie to your listeners. That's ecstatic to see the arrogance of Nick LaLota and Anthony D'Esposito and Mike Lawler and Andrew Garbarino blow up in their face. Peter King's three months of attacking me. I mean – Guys, I thought you all knew better than the people. What happened? The MAGA base didn't turn out. When you offend MAGA Republicans, MAGA Republicans leave you. They abandon you. And that's the problem. They ignore the fact that we have a very large MAGA Republican base in Massapequa, in Levittown, in Whitestone, and none of them came out.
11: But they didn't come it. out. Right. So, so do you think no. then that when you're talking about MAGA had these discussions with Rudy yesterday, Andrew today and others. And, uh, I even asked Mozzie, she was on this show yesterday on election day. I said, just make this clear for me because initially, uh, you're on record saying that if Donald Trump is indicted, you wouldn't necessarily want to endorse him. Yesterday, she kind of changed that tune. But do you think what really hurt her more was the fact that she did not endorse Trump as heavily as she should, like you said, the MAGA voters, or that even as late as yesterday, she was still a registered Democrat?
13: I told you on your show weeks ago that her being a registered Democrat was a problem. Peter King said I was a psychopath on your show. Well, well, it it could be both, George.
10: And I love you both.
13: uh, I could be a psychopath in Peter King's eyes. But Peter King is fine with it. and didn't even want to admit to the American people and to the voters in the 3rd District that that was a problem. I mean, you can't take a super conservative member out and try to replace him by a registered Democrat. Yeah. It doesn't work, Sid.
11: Yeah. No, I think you're right. You know, I had Anthony D'Esposito on this morning. He was on the plane, literally, George, on his way to uh, D.C., flying a D.C., and unprovoked, unprovoked, because I was going to ask him anyway, but unprovoked, he goes, let me just say this, I do not regret, and I like Anthony. I do not regret getting rid of Santos. So if you're looking for those guys today to say, well, maybe we screwed up, at least in D'Esposito's case, quote, I don't regret having Santos removed."
13: Oh, he's going to regret when he loses in November, though. Now, why do you say that? Why why is he going to lose in November? He's he's dead on arrival. Look at exactly what they did. I wouldn't be surprised if Kathleen Rice is sitting somewhere saying, I (laughs) "I want my seat back. (laughs) <laughs> Let's just be honest. The sentiment is different. Look, it didn't work. They're going to get redistricted. I Look, Sid, I mean this with no ill face. I mean this with no harm. Anthony D'Esposito, Nick Loda, Andrew Garbarino, Mike Lawler owe the Republican Party $10 million. And they need to go pay up. Because that ten million dollars is gonna cost seats all across the uh, country. Stop right
11: there. Well what do you mean they owe the Republican Party ten million dollars?
13: ousting me from Congress, it cost the Republican donors across this country ten million dollars. That's what was spent on this race on our side. Ten million dollars on an election year with the presidential candidate and with the House being the most important thing to keep, they went ahead and made the Republican Party blow ten million dollars because of their feudal hate for me. They couldn't stand the fact that my voting record was compared to those theirs constantly. They couldn't stand the fact that I won this seat handedly. I didn't win this seat like Anthony did, biting my nails or Mike Lawler did with half of a point or Brandon Williams with one point. I won for eight and a half points. And to see this seat swing right back and Mozzie lose it by nine and a half points shows me they didn't even do the bare minimum in Queens. She couldn't break 40% in Queens. Vicky Palladino is elected in this district in Queens, and she couldn't break 40% in the Queens portion. She went there once for a dog and pony show at the Whitestone Republican Club. Whatever happened to her going to Belrose, that's where Creedmore is, to lose NY3 and not break 40%. She needed at least 45, 46 in Queens. I got 49 I lost Queens, but I, I, I gave it a damn run for my money. She needed to be more competitive in Queens. But Nassau County, as always, they don't believe in the Queens portion. They think they can make it up in Nassau. You can. You really can. You make you can make up those votes in Massapequa, Levittown, Oyster Bay. The problem is you can't disrespect MAGA because they will not turn out. They're tired of being sold a bad bill of goods. And they're tired of seeing Donald Trump get backstabbed by politicians. So this is it. I mean, we can dissect this analysis in 300 different ways. But the reality is a registered Democrat running on a Republican line to replace the most conservative member of the New York delegation was the worst decision somebody could have ever made. Sapricone could have beat him, even though Sapricone donated $40,000 to Swazi. That's my take. I like Sapricone. Sapricone at least he's a conservative. Yeah, no, and at a form- least that yeah. we know. And a
11: former cop, too. So uh, last one on this, and then I'll let you run. Thank you for doing this this morning, George. As Absolutely. always. So um you look at what has happened on the island going back to 22 when you and uh, and uh, the Esposito both won. Of course, Malinaro and Lawler also won. We've got Bruce, the Nassau County Executive. Now we've got Eddie, the Suffolk County Executive. So it has certainly gone red. This win for Swazi yesterday, is that just, uh, you know, one thing, an anomaly? He won, but, or do you think now that this could maybe start to turn the tide?
13: Of course it starts turning the tide. You bring back a household name like Tom Swazi in a strong red uh, stronghold. Now it starts weakening the foundations of the Republicans that are elected all across Long Island. And, and this is a colossal failure on Joe Cairo's side. And I'm going to say this here for your audience. and I want to start it very clear. Joe Cairo, the Chairman of Nassau County, is squarely to blame for this because it was his ambition to get me ousted that caused this, and I think he should resign for costing us a seat in the u s congress do you do you think, think
11: do, you, do you think that whether it's Cairo who you just called out in pretty fierce fashion or anybody else, do you think that it got too personal in, in, it in, did. in yeah
13: It did did get too personal, and this is what happens when you make politics personal. You end up with mud on your face. This is it. This is it. I believe strongly and solely that Joe Cairo should resign today, apologize to the National Republican base, apologize to the National Republican Congressional Committee, and tell leadership in Congress, I'm sorry, I got too personal, I got arrogant, I thought I had it all, and that it was going to be a no-brainer, and it blew up in his face. In my opinion, Joe Cairo should resign, and I think Anthony D'Esposito, Nick LaLota, Mark Molinaro, Mike Lawler, and uh um andrew garbarino should raise 10 million dollars into their campaign and transfer it immediately to the national party because they owe the republican base 10 million dollars and i don't care what their campaign coffers look like they need to do that they need to make this right we lost the seat because of them because of their decision to get triggered enough by the democrats that they were taken for fools by the Democrats and carried a bunch of other Republicans with them that now look absolutely stupid. So I believe this is a seat we can take back. It's going to take a lot of effort, but we can take the seat back. The seat is not Democrat. The seat is by no way, shape, or form a Democrat seat. Tom Suozzi could be easily beaten, as President Trump said last night on his truth social post. And we can do it, but it's not going to be with the head, with, with the leadership of Joe Cairo, and not definitely with Anthony Disposito and Nick Lallota and Andrew Garbarino. We need to get Tom Suozzi out. We need to flip that seat back.
11: Any thoughts about leaving Long Island after what they did to you?
13: You know, Sid, it's something I toy with a lot, but uh, I don't know. You know, I yesterday, after the results, I got to tell you, hundreds of text messages from folks. I didn't go vote. What they did to you is BS. I, I was perfectly fine with my vote. I was only scheduled to vote again in November. The sheer arrogance that like these are these are really things people are sending me. The sheer arrogance to think that that they should have voted, that, that, that they should have voted you out and create the special election. And not only that, even in Mozzie Phillips uh, uh, grassroots groups, there were people saying they should have never kicked out Santos. We had no issues with him. But these guys made it personal. I'll send you the screenshots so you can read it yourself. Within Mozzie Phillips' own grassroots groups, those were the conversations being had last night. People complaining that Mozzie didn't have to do this. Mozzie didn't have a say. Mozzie was being told what to do. And that Stanzo should have never been kicked out. This is the reality. The people were not happy with this. This wasn't the will of the people. This was the will of Anthony Disposito, Joe Cairo, and Nick Waloda.
11: George Santos, excellent job, man. Thank you for doing this this morning. Again, uh, I got a lot of those texts on your behalf as well. So and I'm being honest, I'm not blowing smoke of you, bud. A lot of folks very upset with the way this whole thing went down and after the loss yesterday, uh, even more upset. So thank you for coming out with me first. Your phone's going to ring all day, but I got George Santos first. So thank you very much, George. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. Good to talk to you, pal. You bet. George Santos, right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, that's a terrific job. Whether you like him, don't like him, agree, don't agree, we got him. We got Santos. That's why Huge. we're number one. Kiss the ring. Damn right. 77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the
14: Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
11: great love song on this valentine's day this is uh the love light orchestra the love i'm close right lou it,
8: it is Hang
11: on. And that was a peanut butter burp by the way i Cut had something
8: i had something worse uh, is, is it the love the love light love unlimited orchestra
11: yes kind make of, this louder like kind this of song. out
8: of philadelphia
11: justin stop talking All right. All right. So how many, um, they know him. Don't you think that us having George Santos, I know everybody else is going to call him today. I'm sure Fox News will call him. Other right. shows on this station will call him. No one's going to get the amount of time I get with him. No. That you are like 20 minutes.
12: Yeah, you guys have a special relationship that goes back. Yeah, we're almost You know, have history. He actually,
11: he finds me attractive, you know.
12: Well, so He's use gotta, that. You got to use what you got. No, no, he told me. He said it looked
11: very cute tonight in the talks with Trump. So, But um, <laughs> yeah. on a serious note, we <laughs> do do long form interviews here. We're the, we're the closest thing to Stern in terms of long form interviews, but we still do commercials. Most people don't do that. So it's uh, usually uh, our interviews are pretty comprehensive. So I know the New York Post wants to hear from George Santos today, and we got everything there. I mean, everything. Even the, uh, the nasty parts where he wants Joe Cairo to resign today. Today. And, of course, he wants these congressmen, including my friend Anthony D'Esposito, to pay the a couple of the Republicans back $10 million.
12: That's great stuff.
4: It is great,
12: but this is what has to happen, Sid. Because they do this to you, they screw you out of this all the time. Is they'll take the your post, info. The Post does it to me. Why yeah. does the New York Post hate me? I don't know, but they won't give you credit for Never. info that you got, and they make it almost sometimes look like it's their own, which I think they is do. Really it, terrible. They do
11: that all the time. And by the way, and I love John Katz Matides. You know how much my father basically since my dad passed away, he's in the paper all the time. They can't give John enough credit, right? Then I, they put one of my stories in there, and they go. Heard on WABC. Right. Like it was with Dominic Carter or Buster Only. <laughs> What's his name? I'm not Buster Only.
12: Who's Buster Olney?
11: Buster. Greg Kelly. He's What's his ESP. name? The guy uh, at 4 o'clock. Bo <laughs> Shurdly. Yeah, that guy, right. Yeah. James <laughs> Gold. Like, oh, yeah, good guy. Right <laughs> of belly.
12: <laughs> <laughs> I like him. But they don't give me any credit ever. No. And then they'll do the same thing. They'll they'll play the audio over a picture of him on, like, the 5 o'clock yeah. news, but they won't say it's your show. They never do
11: it. Yeah. So thank God this uh, Dory Lewak did a story on my Israel trip on Sunday, but that was only on the New York Post online. Never made the paper version, but she gave me a million mentions, a million. But, um yeah, the Post screws me every time. I'm not sure why they do that, but I'll let them know that we'll give you this stuff, but you got to mention Sid Rosenberg.
12: Yeah, well, there's been times where I've given them exclusives, and they're usually pretty good. If I send them the audio, they'll credit you. But then I've seen other times where they don't.
11: Well, they don't. Usually huh. they don't
12: credit me. Sometimes they actually uh, give the credit to,
11: like, um, you know, Len Berman. <laughs> <laughs> that has happened. And, you know, uh, by the way, I've, I'm the one with Michael Goodwin on the show every week. I've got Miranda Devine on the show all the time. I promote the New York Post talent all the time. Mm-hmm. So what is it? What's the problem? You know what it is? Uh, Somebody said to me once, I'm not going to out the person, you should write an op ed on Israel. Back way back when, like in November, when October 7th was still pretty new. So I spoke to uh, one of the op ed editors, this guy Cunningham. He's like the guy in charge. And he was such a dick. Oh, that just got me. Yeah, we we go. go. All right. That'll help. <laughs> may, as well, may as well call the New York Times. Daily <laughs> News and the time, right. <laughs> then I want to know why.
10: You know? Yeah, 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 right, right. I think we got our answer. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah.
11: Yeah. Daily News, I guess. Call uh, what's my friend's name there, Chris, the guy that always kills me and the mayor. Oh, uh, yeah. Chris Somerset or something, or Somerfeld.
12: I don't know. This, get soft. it
11: out there. No one else is going to have Santos this morning, and by the time you get him this afternoon, we've already had him. So that's it.
12: So get it out there, okay? No, uh, I'll I'll get it out there, you but I'm going to tell flipping.
8: them. Yeah. You Sid.
12: can't use it unless you give Sid credit. Right. Yeah. You Sid send, Rosenberg.
8: Send the pictures of Sid with Santos, and they'll uh, they'll really love that. <laughs> the ones <laughs> going to Get all <laughs> <laughs> <Get> that. <them back. laughs> That's how you know they're buddies. Right. <laughs> Your you
11: buddies. So Nobody has those pictures.
10: You look
8: so good, Sid.
11: <laughs> Am I coming back to say goodbye, or is this it? Uh, I think you're going to come back. I bet. Let's do that. Yeah. Little afternoon delight.
9: Yeah. Look at you.
14: He's working up my appetite. Looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Rubbing sticks and stones together make the sparks ignite. And the thought of rubbing you is getting so excited. Star rockets in flight.